Like Power BB48, my old Chuck, welcome to sit on the ground radio. Welcome black, welcome black. We're going to open it up the right way. Praise that turtle, glory to Garvey. Long live the spirit of Dr. Khaled Abdul Muhammad. Praise Harriet Tubman, glory to Ida B. Wells. Long live the spirit of Sister Fanny Muhammad. What it do out there tonight, family? Slaughterhouse Saturday. We ready to kick it in the overdrive. Um, we got a few things that we got popping off, and we can get it to, you know, we can get it to uh, whatever we done missed this week. You know what I mean? With a lot of things going on. But um, one of the things that we do want to do before we get too far off into the show is we want to um, show that show that love to the big homie, the uh, the, the chairman and memorial, uh, Brad Hampton. And so in doing that, we want to, what I'm going to do is I'm going to play a little piece by Frank Hampton, and and then also um, trying to figure out what piece I want to play. One is 10 minutes, one is 20 minutes, but uh, they both just detail, uh, outline the murder of Frank Hampton, the assassination, I should say. Um, so uh, I'll be deciding while we listen and everything. But we definitely got a little something actually going on for the family. Uh, let me see here first before I, before I do that right here. Charger has died. 
that's bad news right there. Phone charger not not working. But uh, I'm make do, make do with what's happening with make do. I'm gonna make do with what's happening. All right, I'm back. I'm back in the driver's seat. All right, I got this got this stuff together. Like I said, I'm having a little difficulty with my phone charging up. So um, let me go ahead and get to what I need to get to then. Uh, come on with the come on and get down with the get down. Let's see here. Yeah, he moved all the white people out and he took over and be a president. 
out there causing no education. And the people that have been educated, they've said that we don't hate the motherfucker white people, we hate the oppressor, whether he be white, black, brown, or yellow. So we got to know your educational program to find out what it's going to be in the scenario. A lot of people work. Your Mokinyat is called not a never revolutionary, but an ex-revolutionary. So it's Papa Doc. They brought on successful revolution. That thing in the mouth was a bitch. Bantry freaking fighters, all that kind of action. What we're saying is that it's the end. You don't judge Castro now. You can't do it. Nobody in this room could judge whether Castro's going to be a revolutionary or not. Uh, you know what I mean? We're talking about things, you know what I mean, uh, with uh, China, the People's Republic, and even at the stage they're in now, talking about even going on further into a communistic state. That's what we're talking about. That was the revolution. So we got to understand here the educational program that you have to be able to figure out whether it will go on the right lines, where the people will end up in a situation where they can be able to really control themselves. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, with no education, the people that take this local foundation and start stealing money because they won't be really educated to why it's the people's thing anyway. You understand what I'm saying? With no education, you have neo-colonialism instead of colonialism, like you got in uh, Africa 9, like you got in, uh, in, uh, in uh, Haiti. So what we're talking about is there has to be uh, education program. That's very important. As a matter of fact, we're so important for us that a person has to go through six weeks of our political education before he can consider himself a member of the party, able to even run down ideology for the party. Why? Because if they don't have an education, then they're nowhere. You dig what I'm saying? They're nowhere because they don't even know why they're doing what they're doing. You might get people caught up in the emotionless movement. Uh, you understand me? You might be able to get them caught up in because they're poor and they want something. And then if they're not educated, they want more. And before you know it, they'll be capitalists. And before you know it, we'll have Negro imperialists. But now, that's our brother Fred Hampton. That's our brother Fred Hampton, you know, um, dropping them jewels on the family real quick. Very, a very important you know, peace on the reasoning for for uh, uh, Africans to be educated. You know what I mean? You know, uh, and, and you know, as the reason that you stated, you know, we don't end up in a situation where we end up going back. You know what I mean? Where we was moving forward. Because we dealing with one for you. Know what I'm saying who the, who they might know how shit's supposed to run, but the people don't know how shit's supposed to run, and then they walking you into into some shit that's no good or. You know, as brother was saying, you know, they they get control of the bank and they doing shit with the money that they ain't supposed to do because they ain't even educated on properly how this shit's supposed to work for the people. And, you know, and we end up in the same situation that we always ended up in. And that's what we got going on right now because we got motherfucking uh, Negroes who act just like white people and control everything that motherfucking black people do, but we can't figure, but we can't figure this shit the fuck out because we ain't educated properly. We can't see that these things ain't no fucking good for us. So I got this joint, the um this joint for the uh from the U.S. Attorney's Office, this is a little compilation of, uh, of, of what happened dealing with uh, Fred Hampton. We got uh, Bubbles who was on the scene right there giving uh, testimony and everything about exactly what happened. I was, you know, uh, 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 I won't even say testimony, let me say uh, eyewitness account. You know what I mean? Uh, exactly what happened. Pull this real quick to see how this sounds. It's a little muffled.
account that we gave of the event is the truth. One of the four pictures you gave the Tribune had two bullet holes on the right side of what was supposed to be the rear door. Uh, Henry had his lies before, he's going to lie again. That, that hole that he's blown up in the paper is a, a, a hole of a nail. A close-up of the nail head. Plus a little bit of the door head. Plus the door head. Now, you, here you see the large nail heads being pointed out. I have said that uh, we released the pictures. We have not characterized or described uh, the uh, conditions that they portray, other than to say that that is an accurate portrayal of that uh, particular object. Do you know if any of the four pictures they received had portrayed bullet holes in any of the walls? I, I, another photo claimed to show the bullet riddle door across from the bedroom. The officers testified that the Panthers fired into that door from inside their bedroom. In fact, the door in the photo was the bedroom door, and the holes in the door were made by police gunfire at the Panthers. As you can see, the bathroom door is intact. Not only the bathroom door, the entire wall area is intact. There was a, there was a picture of the uh, inside of the door to the bathroom, yes. That door, our reporters discovered, corresponded to one on the front living room adjoining the bedroom. <clears throat> there were holes in the door, and the door was open. They, those holes corresponded to holes that were in the wall adjoining between the bedroom and the living room. And when they stuck a stick through the holes, they all matched up. I have, I make, as I say again, I make no evaluation of the pictures other than to say they, they portray conditions as they existed in that apartment at the time those pictures were taken. This is the door that's supposed to contain numerous arms, from a stray shotgun blast, small arms fire, and was fired by members of the vicious Black Panther Party who were standing in this bedroom here, shooting out into the hallway here. I urge, I urge your inventory of each of these vicious weapons this attack, this attack by the Black Panthers on the police, plus the rep weapons which were recovered uh, at the uh, depot where they were storing them, clearly demonstrates the true character of the Black Panther Party. Nobody, I have never denied that there was no weapons there. As a matter of fact, he would be a fool if he didn't have a weapon there, knowing uh, the, the ferociousness of the pigs, how they just jump out of the cars and, and shoot you down, how they knock on your door and blow uh, 19-year-old sister's head off with shotguns, how they kill two brothers in, in one week. Yeah, and as a matter of fact, everybody that, that, that's concerned should have a, a something in their home to protect themselves because Hanrahan is a madman. Mr. Hanrahan, can you tell me why your officers did not try to use tear gas? Isn't this the usual procedure to flush someone out of a building? Our officers they use the means necessary to effect the search uh, and to present, prevent themselves from being killed upon after they were killed after they were fired upon. Isn't it true that you usually use, your men usually use uh, tear gas in situations such as this, and why didn't they use it this time? No, that is not true. It's not true? They came with a murder on their mind. See, even if they wanted to take somebody to jail, it would be a simple matter of just shoot some tear gas and just throw everybody yeah. out. Right on. This is where our chairman had his brains blown off, and he uh, laid in his bed. This is 4.30 in the morning. Someone came into the room. Started shaking the chair. The chairman came and wake up the pigs with that. And I saw bullets coming from it looked like the front of the apartment. 
from kitchen area. You will peel the shoe and uh, count this time. Jump on the uh, top of the gym. He looked up. Looked like all the pigs birds inches away to the bedroom area, back bedroom area. Mattress is just going. You can feel the bullets going into it. I just dated everybody in there. Um, when he looked up, looked up, he didn't say a word. He didn't move. Stuff was moving his head up. He laid his head back down to the side like that. Never said a word. Never got up off the bed. Uh, person was in the room. He kept calling out, "Stop shooting! Stop shooting!" We have a pregnant woman or pregnant sister in here. At the time, I was eight and a half, nine months pregnant. My baby was delivered in two weeks. Pigs kept on shooting. So I kept on hollering out. Finally, they stopped. They pushed uh, me and other brother by the uh, kitchen door and told us to face the wall. I heard a pig say, he's barely alive, he'll barely make it. I assume they were talking about him and Fred. So then they started shooting the pig, they started shooting, up, shooting again. I heard a sister scream. They stopped shooting. The pig said, he's good and dead now. The pigs were running around laughing, they were really happy, you know. Talking about Tim and Fred stay. Inflammatory statements and false charges against our office have been made by spokesmen for the Black Panther Party and others, despite the fact that the speakers had no reliable knowledge about the occurrence. Well, the best account that I can give is uh, uh, the room that I was in and the ash and the things around the knee, you know. First thing I remember when I woke up, was a, a knock on the door, and it was only a matter of seconds. In fact, I say it was less than five seconds that I heard, you know, shots. Now, the thing that struck me was that I not only heard shots, but I can uh, see plaster coming out of the walls, of the, out of the walls in my room. So this, I knew the bullets were coming through the room that I was in. I stepped over and I put the machine gun still on single fire, and I started from the left side of the wall, coming across, watching where the rounds were hitting, and I went over the girl's head, down on the other side of her, and continued fire across this wall. One strange thing about this wall is this. State attorney stop a rating pig saying that they fired uh, numerous... Uh,
And, uh, you know, they, they were all coming through the walls. The walls were nothing but flat boards. You know, a bullet come through the front of the house and go all the way through out the back. Somebody told us to get out, but I remember we were so afraid and bullets were still coming that we remained on the floor. I heard another pause, and then one of the pigs told us that if we don't come out, he was going to put something in there that would really get him out. The idea came to my mind that he was going to shoot tear gas something in there. We realized that there are still some people remaining in the front bedroom. We don't know whether they're in here or not, so I plead, I conjure, I beg him to come out. Please come out with your hands out, throw out your weapon. But the next thing I heard was a barrage of shots, real fast. And, uh, you know, we were hit this time. I started with the gun, still on single fire, being very careful and watching where each round hit on the wall. I walked them around uh, the girl sitting on the bed and brought it all the way across the wall again. As I was doing this, Officer Davis was stepping up, and he starts firing across the wall from right to left. I put one shot in the door. I put a short burst with the machine gun on automatic fire into that closet. I fired four or five shotgun blasts into the bedroom. The second form, still coming up, caught a blast as the gun came further across the room. They told me, uh, you know, to get up and walk. And I told them I could. And then they, I think they hit me or did something. They told me they would kill me if I stayed there. So I kept trying. I managed, you know, to get up and, uh, I made a little hop. I finally hopped out, you know. I am taking the word of our policemen uh, over what we understand is supposed to be a version provided by uh, defense attorneys and by the occupants of the apartment. I was hit five times. I was hit uh, two times in the stomach, one time in the leg, and I was hit grazed in each hand. Yeah. This is the scar. You know, I had to have a section of my colon taken out because of an infection. And I was shot over here. I expect the general public to recognize the quality of these men's work and the political consequences can take care of themselves. Of course I don't plan to resign. I just change the story every time uh, from newspaper to newspaper, from town, one town to another town. We've had to change the story as we've brought up facts, truth about the evidence uh, that he reportedly have given out, such as the nail head, such as the uh, bullet holes and whatnot in the walls. And it's, it's only my conclusion is that hand in hand, if he wanted to give an objective opinion about what happened here uh, that morning, he would have to come to this apartment and find out because he's doing a whole lot of subjective analysis because the man hasn't uh, come to the apartment to find out what really did go down in the apartment. We invite him and here to see for himself the evidence that uh, uh, we have shown to the masses of people and to the public. No, I have not seen it. Based on available evidence, namely the physical condition of the home and its contents, physical condition of the remains of Fred Hampton, the search warrant was merely a subterfuge, and the mission of the police was to murder and maim. 
This blatant act of legitimatized murder strips all credibility from law enforcement. In the context of other acts against militant blacks in recent months, it suggests an official policy of systematic repression. The final statements of State's Attorney Hanrahan concerning the brave response of the police against the vicious Panther attack and his allusion to the grace of God concerning the sparing of the policemen only makes the situation more macabre and terrifying. As an individual, are you convinced that the official version is a lie, that it is a case of murder? Personally, I am. Anyone who went through that apartment and examined the evidence that was remaining there could come to only one conclusion, and that is that Fred Hampton, 21 years old, and a member of a militant, well-known militant group, was murdered in his bed, probably as he lay asleep. It seems very clear to us that he was assassinated. And the police officer who did that assassination then walked away from it, then walked away from it and said to other people, Bobby Rush is next. Now, all of you who know Bobby Rush know that he is the Minister of Defense of the Black Panther Party and also one of our clients. Uh, and all of you also, I assume, know that Bobby Rush's apartment was broken into last night. And also, him, he's still alive because he was not in the apartment. Do you think if you had been in your apartment yesterday, you would have been shot by police? Yes, I would have been murdered. I still think there's a, a great possibility of uh, people trying to murder me. All the moves uh, in the past, the mischief has been on the part of the police. Uh, they've murdered Fred Hampton. Uh, they're out to murder me. It's like they're murdering anybody that's black. Do you think there's going to be retaliation then by the Panthers? There, there won't be any retaliation by the Panthers. I think that the time will come when the people themselves will uh, take the power that belongs to them to their hands and move uh, uh, to guarantee life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We will not be forced underground until we, uh, the people, we really feel satisfied that we've done our duty, performed uh, our duty to uh, educate the masses people to the injustices that the power structure inflicts upon poor people in this country. All the uh, mass demonstrations that young people uh, endorse that this is happening right now. Bobby, what's the next move for you personally? Uh, I'm, my, I'm, there's no personal anymore. I'm people's man. So I do whatever the people decide. There's nothing personal about it whatsoever. And uh, the answer is, uh, we'll be there to serve the people in the hands. Okay. Thank you very much. Of numerous people have attempted to make formal and informal investigations with a report by the grand jury for the Federal District Court in the Northern District of Illinois. And I quote, this report contains the findings of the grand jury after hearing nearly 100 witnesses and considering over 130 exhibits, including police records, photographs, moving pictures, transcripts of testimony before other bodies, voluminous investigative and scientific reports, and reports of investigative interviews with over 100 potential witnesses who were not called. And of course, among the main witnesses before the federal grand jury were the 14 raiders in the apartment, the police officers who were assigned to the state's attorney's office. The report tells us, contrary to some of their testimony prior to the grand jury proceedings, the report tells us that at 4 a.m. on December 4, Sergeant Gross briefed the 13 assembled officers and told them the location of the raid and that Panther arms were involved. 
that uh, they were Black Panthers? No, we didn't. We just knew that well, we were informed that there were guns and uh, contraband in the building. Did you have information that indicated that Fred Hampton might be there? Not to my knowledge. You just knew that there were guns and uh, possibility of that these may, may have been Black Panthers? All we knew is there were guns in there. At this point, uh, it appears that uh, the people who uh, are deceased were in the gun battle. Oh, they were definitely in the gun battle. I mean, they were firing at police. Yes, sir. We saw the shots coming out of the two bedrooms. Sergeant Gross, of course, from the beginning, claimed, along with his fellow officers, that a shot had been fired by a young Panther woman in the far corner of the living room door as the officers entered the door. The report, however, explains the impossibility of this account given by the officers. Reading again now from the report from page 181, it says, Gross, Davis, Jones, and Gorman, those are all officers, all insist that a shot was fired by Brenda Harris at them as they came in the door. None of them could explain what had become of this shot, and it is not possible to draw a line from the southeast corner of the living room where Harris was said by Davis and Gross to be in the bed holding the gun out through the living room door, the entrance hall door, and the outside door. There are no holes in the west wall of the apartment. Officer Carmody, when you knocked on the door, what happened? Well, I didn't actually knock. I heard our officers at the front uh, announce their office and shots fired. Uh, so I kicked in the back door, and as soon as the door opened, uh, I could see uh, shots being fired at us at the back door. you have any idea how many shots were fired? Uh, quite a few. I have no idea. Any idea over how long a period the gun battle ensued? <laughs> Seemed like an hour to me. Of course, the Raiders would have us believe that they approached the apartment in a gentlemanly fashion. They were attempting to save human life. They knocked on the door and they announced their purpose. They fired no shots until they were fired at. They called for a ceasefire on at least three different occasions. Thereafter, three times, Sergeant Gross ordered all his men to cease firing and told the occupants to come out with their hands up. Each time, one of the occupants replied, shoot it out. And they continued firing at the police officers. By their own testimony, they admit that for 12 minutes, for 12 solid minutes in those early morning hours, there was gun firing in that apartment. And yet the federal grand jury concludes that only one possible shot could have come from a Panther weapon. And that shot could have come through the door by a man who had just been shot in the heart. They would have us believe that even though there was only one Panther shot, they called for a ceasefire on three different occasions and didn't get it until they continued their firing. The great variance between the physical evidence and the testimony of the officers raises the question as to whether the officers are falsifying their accounts. Those officers fired 99 shots through the walls of an apartment where they knew people were sleeping. Murder is defined in Illinois as follows. A person who kills an individual without lawful justification commits murder if in performing the act which caused the death he knows such acts create strong probability of death or great bodily harm to that individual 
or another. Federal grand jury comes to a conclusion. Unquestionably, the raid was not professionally planned or properly executed, and the result of the raid was two deaths, four injuries, and seven improper criminal charges. In spite of those conclusions, the report then goes on to say, the physical evidence and the discrepancies in the officer's account are insufficient to establish probable cause to charge the officers with a willful violation of the occupant's civil rights. I want you to know that I want you to think. If you ever think about me, and if you think about me, niggas, then you ain't gonna do no revolutionary action. Forget about me. I don't want my, I don't want myself on your mind if you're not gonna work for the business. Like we always did, if you ask to make a commitment at the age of 20, and you say, I don't want to make that commitment on this, because of the simple reason that I'm too young to die, I want to live a little bit longer. What you did, you did already. You have to understand that you have to be quiet to people. If you're there to struggle, you're there to win. If you're there not to struggle, then goddamn it, you don't deserve to win. Let me say peace to you if you're willing to fight for it. Let me say it in the spirit of liberation. I've been gone for a little while. At least my body's been gone. You ain't got to see that to me. At least my body's been gone for a little while. But I'm back now, and I believe that I'm back to see. I believe that I'm going to do my job, and I believe that I was born not to die in a car wreck. I don't believe I'm going to die in a car wreck. I don't believe I'm going to die from sitting on a piece of ice. I don't believe I'm going to die because I got a bad heart. I don't believe I'm going to die because of lung cancer. I believe that I'm going to be able to die what I was just to do the thing that I was born for. I believe that I'm going to be able to die high off the people. I believe that I will be able to die as a revolutionary in the international revolutionary post-head struggle. And I hope that each one of you will be able to die in the international post-head revolutionary struggle when you didn't even live in it. And I think that struggle is going to come. Why don't you live for the people? Why don't you struggle for the people? Why don't you die for the people? Yeah, man, you know, that that was definitely, uh, uh, you know, 
just listening to the uh, testimony, just listening to the uh, family, not even, you know, just give their eyewitness account, again, the eyewitness account of what happened, you know, and to hear at the end of the, uh, to, you know, just listen to, you know, the, the uh, you know, the documentation of the grand jury thinking that even with all inconsistencies, even with all of the, the contradicting physical evidence, none of these things constitute a reason to, you know what I mean, indict these police officers for what they did because what they did was legal under the law. Under the law of racism, white supremacy, what they did was legal. They were stopping a potential threat to racism, white supremacy. And we see, say, all is fair in love and war. Hmm. We wanted to get that little, you know, we'll put put that piece in, give our respect to the big homie, you know what I mean, Fred Hampton, the chairman forever. So, what's going on tonight, though, family, you know, See who out there. I see our family out there. People for Holy A. What to do out there tonight? Thanks, Sister Camille, Brother Brother Mekara. I, I, I hear Brother Griff out there. You know, I see uh, Brother Little out there. Brother Black Cloud. Black Cloud. Oh yes. What to do out there tonight, family? Black Power, brother. I like that. I like I like I like coming into an introduction like that, family. Black Power. Black Power. <laughs> Especially when it's on a, you know, it's coming from my refugees over here on FOG. You know what I'm talking about? Black power. Black power. Black power to the family. Black power, brother. Glad what's going on out there. Black power. Good, man, on this road, man. You want to say black power, I'm going to be listening in. No doubt, no doubt. But, but yeah, you know, we... You know what I'm saying? Once we'll I up with the right introduction, you know, open up the open up the minds and make sure that we stay on this road and keep the fire burning. Keep the fire motherfucking burning. Mm. So what to do out there tonight, family? We we open, we back open for business. You know, we ready back together with the family once again. You know, just um. Putting together a, a little, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. So, what family thought about that little snippet, though, of um, that, that we just played? I know that, you know, I know family got a couple thoughts to lay down. I got a few of my own. Let me see what, where where we gonna head to tonight. Well, um, what's up, y'all? This is Sister McKay. You know what I'm saying? I just wanted to comment on how, you know. How we see how the cracker gonna lie to the end. Them motherfuckers there. How I, I bet you it's probably over thirty, forty. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Laws there. All them motherfuckers lie. Some place story through to the end. You know what I'm saying? So ain't no telling what what be going on. You know what what happened? These cases out here, especially the ones that don't have. You know the the video, mm-hmm. and no telling what the motherfuckers be doing. Mm-hmm. 
right about that. Is, you know, it, it was just a, a lesson in in why we should have any, why we should have total distrust for anything that's called the justice system. You know what I mean? We should have total distrust in uh, anyone purporting themselves as an authority figure up under this motherfucking uh, system. Because, as you said, you know, they're going to lie from the beginning to the end. So we don't know when the lie started. See? See, we don't know when the lie started. I got to go with all this is lies. Because I don't know when y'all started this motherfucking shit. Yeah, the lie started at the beginning when they said that they didn't know that it was Black Panthers in there. Hmm. That was my number one. You know, all the way down to um, the so-called bullet holes uh, d- uh, on the rear door, there was an actual nail head. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can actually, I mean, if you've seen the video, I mean, ain't no way in hell you going to think, you know, a nail head is a bullet hole. No. Now, you're right about that. Like you said, the first the first lie that jumped off was uh, the lie stating we didn't know who, or you know, I mean, who who occupying his residency. We didn't know at all. You know what I'm saying? That shit right there in itself is asinine that they wouldn't know that you would be a police department in uh, located in that section of the community. You patrol uh, the area and you wouldn't know who, who lived in that area. Right. And one thing to keep in mind too, family, is that when you when you when you talk about Chicago or you talking about anybody that's from Chicago, they're gonna tell you that's the home of gangsters. Scarface Capone wasn't a gangster till he moved from New York to Chicago. When you understand that, when you understand that, and I will say this, I'm Californian, I will say this. Chicago's gangs culture. It's, it's 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 shown it's, it's it's really really the emphasis is put on black gang culture, but the black gang culture in Chicago is only emulating WAP Guinea culture during during pre and post prohibition. Yep, the, the WAP and the motherfucking and the Jew, cause them who was the gangs then. Not just yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Guinea, Guineas and Jews. You gotta look at the, the history of Chicago, but when you look at the history of Chicago, what I mean when I say that it was that it was Irish, <laughs> Irish, Guineas, and Italians who had first the gang first, and it was families, and they are the ones that created the situation and created the race problem, where you had to have isolation on the south side of Chicago that produced GDs, vice versa. You see what I'm saying? But before all of that, it produced it produced. Of Fred Hampton. So when you look at cops, especially the head fucking cop from Chicago, it said the one who put the rat, one of our people in there to get the whole floor layout. Go do the background of his people. Oh, Howie Hands. Mm-hmm. Howie Hands, motherfucking Irish. Like you said, that's who it was. It was the Irish, the 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 Guineas and the Jews. They all that was there was they don't say they was ganged up. They was in their own area because first they was banging on each other. That's how the culture grew. That's how we that's how we got it because they started to isolate. They was they was coming down on us after they was coming down on each other. They coming down on us and forced us into a situation where, like you said, it birthed the Fred Hansen. 
they had to, Fred Hampton was going to do something. No, no, Fred Hampton was doing something revolutionary. I take that back. And one thing that still stands to this day, Fred Hampton was going to connect the, the Panthers in Oakland and Chicago. The fans could not let that happen. It's funny because when they came out with the uh, Corn Hill Manifesto, they said, this is why I don't fuck with Facebook, because this is the same shit they was doing then as they're doing now. They said that they would mislead information by sending false letters. So when you see the the reason why you didn't see the Oakland Panthers, I'll just say California Panthers, because it was North and South. The reason why you didn't see the California Panthers and the Chicago Panthers along with the Black Peastone was because Cointel was sending house niggas in there with misinformation. This is the same thing with Nation of Islam because the mode of conversation back then, niggas was like like we are now. We're not going to talk on the phone. So niggas was more or less on, on, on letter tip like they do in the pen. You feel me? Niggas send me a kite. Feds were sending kites back and forth so they caused rift of, you know, misinformation. And that, that, that meeting, and when you look at when the Cointel said that, it's, you know, the manifesto side, the date go right inside when Fred Hampton was murdered. You know what I'm saying? Because at 19, he was the protege. After Fred Hampton, all Chicago had was Larry Hoover. And I'm being 100. Niggas can say whatever they want to say about Larry Hoover. But after after Larry Davis, I mean, I mean not Larry Davis, but... But after um, Fred Hampton was murdered, it was a vacuum of leadership left in Chicago. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's what, yeah, that's what gave rise to the, to the GDs, to the Black Peastones, to the BDs. Now, I'm saying that because I'm a young nigga. He was a young nigga. But uh, let's analyze time. To my observation, when I did my, my homework on Fred Hampton, they weren't pushing no dope. They weren't even hustling. It was just being black, revolutionary, and doing for self to some, because of the segregation was still in place in that, you know what I mean, in the area where they was in Chicago. But that's something to consider. You you, know, you understand the point I'm making? Yeah, nah, yeah. That's, that's real, though, because they wasn't. They was just, they was just like you said, they was just being revolutionary and figuring it was being revolutionary. They were figuring out ways that they, could, that they could do whatever they need to do for their own self to create economics to stimulate their own motherfucking community. And they, were, they, they, and they had uh, uh, food programs and free health. Yeah. And you could only do, get that through cooperation. That take a massive amount of cooperation right there. Yeah. You know, proper running food programs and and, and um and hospitals. And I I think also uh, atmosphere of desperation. You know, this is before they opened up uh, the universities. You know, to trick our people into uh, integration, and ignoring the reality of their lives of of oppression under this white racist society. It is the same thing that created Fred Hampton on the opposite end or on a parallel is the same thing that created Larry, Larry Hoover because, you know, I'm glad somebody mentioned his age, 19. But, damn, that was the same age of Larry Davis. 
16 years later. That's 1969. And Larry Davis, teenager, 1985. Fred Hampton out in the street trying to organize our people, not organize, provide protection, you know, provide the basic needs that wasn't being met in a poverty-created environment of white racist supremacy. Same environment that creates a Larry Davis, again, cracker beast. This time it's with drugs, though. You know what I'm saying? So, it's ill. Oh, yeah. And one thing, the one thing to understand about that Cointel Manifesto is that it says, stop the rise of the young, militant, charismatic black leader. That's, you know, that's an honorary title. A young, charismatic, militant. See, a lot of our people are charismatic, but they ain't militant in some areas. Meaning, 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 any first black person of any motherfucking profession is charismatic. That's what got them. Go look that word up. I, I, because that's the one word that Europeans used, and it almost attributes the the the, the characteristics of Heru. They give that word charismatic more reference than they do to their motherfucking uh, titles of Jesus or, or or whatever they deities are Zeus. Look up the word charismatic. Somebody buy a computer right now. Is is Heru online tonight? Brother Heru, you out there? Well, somebody buy a computer. Look that. Look the word charismatic up. I got you. Once somebody look it up, give up the definition. I finish talking. You know, we're still building. That's the one title. You know, number one, stop the rise of the young charismatic black militant. Larry Hoover had them attributes. Larry Davis had them attributes. You know, we using a lot. Of, you know, um, Fred Hampton had those attributes. Malcolm X had those attributes. Um, the list goes on and on and on and on. Pac had those attributes. You see what I'm saying? Uh, Brother Mikro, I'm not on my computer, but I got my dictionary out. That'll work. That's the that's definition. Is, uh, sorry, King. Yeah, that's even better that you got the dictionary because that's in, in print. That's something we can touch. That's, that's, that's tangible. Go ahead and read that off this. First definition, number one, uh, says uh, Theo, uh, abbreviation for theology, a divinely conferred gift or power. Definition number two, the special quality that gives an individual influence or authority over a large number, large numbers of people. Number three, special virtue of an office, position, etc that confers or is thought to confer on the person holding it an unusual ability of leadership, worthiness of veneration, or the like. Now, feet on the ground, my my refugees or FUG, everybody on this line tonight has those attributes. Start from the beginning, Queen. Because don't it sound like Heru? I say. The unusual. 
ability. That means that means comprehension can't even understand how you do it. There's no there's no fucking formula to how the fuck you do this shit. But people, this people, right? I'm I've been studying Muhammad Ali lately. Muhammad Ali after they took his title. And before, you know, when he was classes clay and all that, he was okay as being a Kentucky house nigga. A Kentucky house nigga from Louisville, as long as he followed the protege. But once he, you know, he was a lot more already. I'm the prettiest nigga fighting. I'm the prettiest thing out there. But once he was the prettiest black African. And show you the tactics, but quick, go ahead and read those uh, uh, definitions off. For the I, I, got, I got one more right here from the Encarta World Dictionary. Um, pretty much read something, something like the same, but it's a little, a little different. The first, uh, first definition is having charisma, possessing great powers of charm or influence. The second is seeking direct spiritual experience, used to describe. Uh, Christian groups are worship characterized by a quest for spontaneous and ecstatic experiences such as healing, prophecy, and speaking in tongues. That's crazy. Go ahead, Sister Camille. That speaking in tongues shit is deep right there. That's crazy. Hey. Definition one, uh, again, Theo, abbreviation for theology, a divinely conferred gift or power. Number two, the special quality that gives an individual influence or authority over large numbers of people. Three, the special virtue of an office, position, etc., that confers or is thought to confer on the person holding it an unusual ability for leadership, worthiness of veneration, or the like. Now, why is it that every individual that randomly gets killed or gets provoked or gets lynched or gets hung or whatever by Europeans have those qualities? That ain't by, that ain't by just chance. <laughs> huh? You gotta be silent. You gotta be silent with some quality. You ain't gotta be right. You ain't and you ain't gotta be the smartest motherfucker to see that. That 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 motherfucker got something that's going right, right. So what I'm saying is, Europeans may control money, but money can only buy power, and power can only be maintained through influence. And I love how, because this English language is twisted, right? So when you say the word, why is influence synonymous with influenza or, or, or the flu or a virus or catching something or somebody giving you something that you got caught with? You, you understand the point I'm making? Mm. Something that you mm. might not want. you get something that you might not want. It's contagious. This black yeah. power is contagious. So, so oftentimes when I'm among Europeans or WAPs or motherfucking Specs, because we got names for them because they got names for us, I stand strong with my head up because I know them niggas ain't got no, no, they ain't got more influence than I do. In fact, it's idle talk. I'm going to use Muslim talk. 
You watch, they can only engage in idle talk for a brief moment. They're looking for you to drop jewels. You know what I mean? You meet a motherfucker on the street. How you doing? They got to break the, the ice with the conversation with, you know, sports or something of that nature. And then if you don't choose, you know, no, I don't even keep up with that type of shit. And you change the conversation to something else. You got more influence than that motherfucker guy. You see what I'm saying? He sparked the conversation up with you for a reason. <laughs> he was looking for something. And he found it. Or she found it. So one thing we got, that's, that's the one thing we have. So when you look like, like when you looking on TV programs from two o'clock, no, 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 from eleven a.m. after the Price is Right and all that other shit, it's drama going on. And that drama is to get you to get off your square. But they use us as the mode of medium. That's why talk shows come out, and you see Jews, Spicks, Europeans exploiting us to talk shows and so forth. You know what I mean? had a little conversation today I had to, you know, dwell on before we even jumped on the show. You know, people, you know, a lot of crackers is getting, Mari Povich is getting rich off our miseries. You know what I mean? These are, you know, that, that, that's proof of the pudding right there. You know what I mean? Of, of, of these motherfuckers. You, we talk about whiteness, white domination and superiority, but we forget oftentimes in history that white, you know, it was a classification even to be white, even if you had white skin. So a lot of these motherfuckers who you think is white will still have a they will still have to pass that test. And that's what's that's why America is so big because Dr. Clark said this every ancestor and elder in America said this. We are the fucking glue that keeps them from the being at the bottom of the fucking because during the dark ages the motherfuckers weren't surviving. We the first stereotype. Mm-hmm. We have to be stereo, but it, it's a it's a sour sweetness to our, our, our stereotype. You know what I mean? On one hand, <laughs> we the lowest of the low, but then we the wisest of the wise in certain positions. Because wisdom wisdom can only be taught by a man who's lived and seen things. And a man who's lived and seen things is one who survived, right? Mm-hmm. If the African is the oldest motherfucker on this planet, then he's somebody to listen to. So why are we really being battered by the youngest motherfuckers on the planet? Anybody. Say that again. Why are we being battered, held down, oppressed? The conversation dwells on white supremacy. But this is the newest idea in creation, if you know history. Yeah, it's black and white. Europeans are in power because it's a lot of bullshit in the middle. Like, well, what bullshit you talking about? Okay, it's black and white. But then you got Asians, Latinos. Let's stop with Asians and Latinos because that span a whole lot of shit. Let's start with Asians, because it's where the Asians start from India, goddammit, to China, right? They are Asiatic people, right? From India to China, huh? Go ahead, brother boy. No, I said they're all the way from India to Japan. You correct? That's what it is. India to Japan. 
and you got dark-skinned Indians to the lightest Japanese, right? But what's funny to me is when you look at, you know, Chinese, and and, and who they beefing with? Who's, who's north of China? Anybody know geography? Who's north of China right now? No, Tibet, not, right? Not specifically north of China. North of China is... Now, so like Let's do some common sense. Is it just me? I just found out recently that Bruce Lee was was had a little white in him. Y'all know that? Yeah. But Bruce Lee in the sixties and the seventies looked more Chinese than Chinese look now. The motherfuckers is pale like crackers. But how is it that the Tibets are in the north in the mountains and them niggas is blacker than Chinese? Throw that shit up right out the box. Same like these fucking Indians in California who claim they're Indians that own casinos, but them niggas is lighter and look like crackers than Eskimos do. You see what I'm saying? Goddamn $5 Indians. So throw that shit out the window. I'm in a little rat today. I had to get some, you know, more education. European, you know, Europeans go send the house niggas after us first. House niggas, not when I, when I say house niggas, not black house niggas. You know, you got white Hispanics. Anybody else filled out an application lately? Yeah, I filled out an application. Yeah, I filled out an application. Did you, know, did you know you can be white and be North African? Yeah, now the other day in cool, they make that Morocco and all that shit is, is white. Um, that's the only classification that they can be. I mean, according to the U.S., I mean, I had went and read um, the ethnic classification um, for the U.S. And, you know, it was a case with a, um, a like an African like our color that was from Egypt. And he wanted to be classified as as black because that's what he was, and they wouldn't let him do it. I've seen that. Now, on Feet on the Ground, we've been extensively going over Chancellor Williams' work, and we've seen the hypocrisy and the parallels between European classification of white and Arab classification of being white. They're opposite, right? The Europeans said if you have one drop of black blood in you, your ass is a nigger. <laughs> you white. So you can have a dark skinned Arab. This why you know, you can chew up uh what's the nigga's name? The nigga's using this book who wrote Black Arabia? Wesley Muhammad's book up. And you can take your premise from Malcolm X. Or Malcolm X said you could take any of Elijah Muhammad's book, books, works, whatever, and you will see that he was never pro-African. He was always pro-Arab or Asiatic, pro-Asiatic. You see what I'm saying? All this falling into self-hate classifications and so forth is bringing it to the discussion. Back to Fred Hampton, <laughs> believe it or not. It's called context. A lot of niggas don't have it. But my refugees on FUG, they have it. They're all boiled down to classification. Dr. Talk made it simple. Your ass ain't white. 
There ain't no argument, you know what I mean? And that's, you know, that's an interesting um, paradox cause right there because how they do that shit in India where they got the caste system. Where they, color, where, they, where they got the color caste system right there. So, as you said, you know, once, and they got, you know, once you get the in-between, that's where the real problem come up. That's who's going to be the first ones that attack us. That's who's attacking us now. Dr. Clark even said, the, you, we forget that the wannabes are fighters. So we think about Uncle Tom's. But the African knows that there's an Uncle Tom in every ethnic group in white supremacy. The number one right now is Latin Americans. Since 2010, them niggas is classified. When you go fill out an application, they ask you four questions for their area. Because every, they want to make it, <laughs> it's really about if you're white or not. And if you're not white, they want to still break it down, right? So the black category is very basic. But when it comes to that shit, it's real, 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 four questions, really. Are you, are you Latino? Are you Hispanic? Do you speak Spanish? Are you a white Latino? <laughs> That's since 2010. You know what I mean? That's the sense. Majority of Republicans in America are Latin Americans yeah. who speak Spanish but identify with being white. We've seen this shit before in history. So, look about you saying that shit about the about the. Things that you that show up on a um, application over here, they go. They also go into Indian. Then they go from Indian. They they go East Indian. Then they got Native American Indians. Um. Like you said, they got the Hispanic. Um. The North African white Arab. White Hispanic. Um. Non-white Hispanic. Some some other shit. Something else. But they do got them broken down to a lot of different, a lot of different sections to make sure they filter their asses out, filter everybody into their right position. I should say. Right. Now it's really about if you're white or not, and if you're not white, you get put in this category, and if you get put in this other category, then that's when divide and conquer mechanisms get placed on you, because not only are you white, not only not only are you not white. But you're not black. You see, you see what I'm saying? When you look at all, this is what I'm saying. I said this a lot of times. People are going to be getting it. You got white and you got black, but you got all this bullshit in the middle. You have to deal with the Spanish card, which is a Latin card, and you have to deal with the Asian card. And back in prehistoric times, they identify with us. So when we look at the European it's been in power. We have to know that when this revolution pop off, then they ain't going to be the first people we're going to have to mark off. It ain't going to be us just killing crackers off the start. Mm-mm. It's going to be these other motherfuckers in the middle. Some of them going to be black. A lot of them going to be Spanish. <laughs> you know why they're going to be Spanish too, my nigga? This is why I left Islam, because we never dealt with the history of Spanish. We, we still living in the parallel betrayal of what Spain did to us. And if you listen to Dr. Clark's lecture on Islam, that's the message he gives you. 
He gives you the history of Islam. He brings it up in certain areas. But then he brings the history of Spain, and he says if we can't deal with that in this true history and this light, throw it into the ash can of history. This is what we fail to understand. It's the reason why we call Negroes who speak English. The British got into slavery late. This is what history says. Why? Because the British got exiled from the Catholic Church. The first authority of white power was the Catholic Church. Do I have a witness tonight? Black power. Every other faction of white power still emulated the first that came to being, which was the Catholic Church. And Walter Williams, that was the deification of Alexander the Greek in the form of Serapis, right? The Catholic Church opposed the, 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 the culture of Greek history conquering Egypt and producing the first white deity, Serapis, called Jesus. Check. Check. That's the oath they take. That's the role they take. The first authority is the Catholic Church. The fall of Spain. Spain was the first civilized city, country in Europe, in antiquity. Mm-hmm. But, now, that was one they fought right there. Being the first is also one of the reasons why they were so fucking sloppy when they came over here. When I was a Muslim, I begged that shit up because I knew the history. So I knew when white Christians, when I was a Muslim, when white Christians would talk that shit, I would bring Spain. Boom. Because in Spain, they had bathhouses. We hear that shit now. We think, okay, well, we think of Japan, you know, how Japanese go to bathhouses. But that was the newest concept for Europeans. Another new concept for Europeans was fucking toilet paper. Because <laughs> crackers just learned how to wipe their ass in the past hundred years. Right, you can go look that up too. The history of toilet paper. If you notice, indigenous people, <laughs> what do you wipe your ass with in Europe? With pine needles? Everybody else in nature and history, and they got the, the Chinese, you go to South America, well, anywhere continent, they got enough agriculture to wipe their ass with naturally. That wasn't the issue. Wipe their ass, no problem. There was enough running water. But did the European wipe their ass with? Did they wipe their ass? <laughs> Are you on my time for the next revolutionary? Like, wow. <laughs> Yo. My power. Like, wow. But the thing that you hit on on Spain is, is definitely important, and we're, we're dealing with us because, as you said, they was they would um they were the first ones bringing bringing people over here. They also created a despot system all through South America. There's a reason why now you look in South America and you see all their political systems that seem to be uh, as backwards, and, and, and you know. Something that we spoke on the other day when brother, uh, me and brother Griff might have been speaking on that. We were talking about uh, somebody we was speaking about the slaves who were down there, the large, uh, large population. Wow. I mean, but I could definitely see that that the uh, Spaniards are the people who thought they 
reverse finish would be um, a definite. You know, they definitely one of them, um, what you call it? Is, okay, 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 brother boy, to make it plain, to make it plain, look at it like this. Go pull up a map. Look where Spain is. Now look where, look up Spain antiquity. I want to give a reference so they know. Um, um, the first governor of Britain. Look up the first governor of Britain. This was significant because the first governor of Britain was an African. Look where Britain is. Notice that all the rocks. Look, look where the Catholic. Look where Rome is. That's in the Mediterranean. Now look where England is. Now look where Spain is. What you need to get from this whole conversation is that while white supremacy is beginning with the support of Serapis worship in Rome, Italy, under this new title called Catholicism, look where it's at the house of Catholicism. And then at the same time, look at Spain. Fuck, fuck, throw Islam out of it because it was Africans, obviously, because of the land bridge. While we were civilizing Europe practically and actually, they were theologically talking about it in theory on paper. You understand the point I'm making? That was a disgrace. You could walk in, in, at the same time, they had dirt roads in England when Spain rose up. The cleanest woman or the cleanest person in Europe was the queen. She took a bath once a year. It was the influence we had in Spain that appointed an African to be in the governor of England in Europe. Point, the point of all that I'm saying is that we can brag about civilizing Europe three times as anybody else has already told us. So when you understand that, that's why you understand the context and why while we were civilizing Europeans, it was the same Catholic Church who was talking about it but wasn't doing it who instituted and brought about our slavery. The Pope brought about Catholicism instituted slavery first for Western society. We was enslaved by by um, Arabs, prehistory, before that. When we talk about the Atlantic slave trade, we have to know that it was Catholicism that first brought that in there. The first people who in the power was the Portuguese and the Spanish. You see what I'm saying? Who do we have problems with right now in the hood? So they came up with the dumb diversity. Now, now, this is, now listen to this. Listen, I, I, said, I said there's the African consciousness... Our mitochondrial DNA, that's women DNA, right, is very extreme in it because there's a reason why we have a discontent for Spanish. They're Spaniards. We fuck with them, but we don't like them for a reason, and we don't even know. We don't even know the history of that, but we know not to fuck with them. We know them as being backstabbers because of what? Spain. This is crazy. I'll notice this in us. It might be because language. it might be the language might be uh, when you hear the language. It might oh, be the it's the history. Listen, listen. I'm talking to Brother Boy. I'm talking to Mingara. We What we have in common is that 
Before we were called black, before we were called African-American, we were called Negro. A Negro is a Spanish word, but it's used by but but it's used by an Englishman for a title, right? Let me say it again. The word Negro is a Spanish word in etymology, but it's used in English language as a context for a title, a social title, a racial title. Because even when you look at anthropological records, they will say this is the Caucasoid, this is the Mongoloid, this is the Negroid. Hold on. Negroid is a Spanish word for black. It's used in the English context, but it's, you, you understand what I'm saying? I don't want to break the, the linguist part of it. But y'all understand, Negro is, the origin of Negro is Spaniard. Now, if you are called a Negro who is who has the history of being a slave to an Englishman, you have to first do the background and say, well, where did the Englishman get me from? Because if I was always property of the Englishman, I wouldn't have a title called a Negro. I would just be called black. Black. Black slave. I would have been a black slave, right? I was a black slave who was stolen from a British motherfucker who kidnapped my people, who spoke English, who called me black, who bought me as a slave. But that's not the context. The context is that you are a nigger who's a Negro who speaks English. You see see what I'm saying? That's why history is the greatest motherfucking tool we have. Because just by that, you can do, do, even if you don't know history of who you are, all you have to do is just work backwards. I speak English. I was the property of an Englishman who spoke English in America. I know how he took this land. But why did he call me a Negro? Now you look at Spain. Spain history is very short with power because the Spanish never had power. The Spanish took, got a little short power when they betrayed us, and the more they betrayed us to Queen Isabel. Uh, you saying that? That's why I said that. You know, once you hear that language, that language built, it, it brings forth. Like even if you don't know the history, like you said, a lot of times black people just have contention with people who speak Spanish. And when you when you hear the language, you already you you identify that Negro, you you identifying that shit all with them. It be it be genetic memory. You can remember motherfuckers who fucked you over. Now why has it no more? I'm in California. Why has it any more dealt with that history? Just so the word they'll tell you that this is a, a it's a word we shouldn't use and we shouldn't have as a title. Why haven't they gave you the context on why we shouldn't be identifying as? You see what I'm saying? In fact. Why hasn't any brotherhood of more science temple, all Moors of the science temple should speak Spanish and be very eloquent in Latin? Would you agree? Based off the history, would you agree? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's you know how I prove this? Because Spat, no, 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 let me record myself. Arabs benefited from from the reign of Spain because what's the proof, Makara? Arabs speak good Spanish right now. Don't y'all notice that? Why is it the Koreans are gone in y'all hood? Arabs are in y'all hood. And then the Arabs is, is hiring Mexicans or Spanish-speaking people. And, you know, it's the Arab is saying, you know, uh, 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 and then saying, como esta, amigo, at the same time. 
What is going on? <laughs> Mexican don't know the history, or the Latin don't know the history. He got a name like um, Omar, Salaraz, last name Medina, Ishmael. Don't even know that's the connection, but the Arab know the connection. So you got to watch what's, what's really going on right now. We getting into modern politics right now. Current day shit. Hypocritical shit. While ISIS is murdering motherfuckers in San Bernardino, California, the government is approving of Syrian refugees coming to America. You see what I'm saying? If you don't know history, this shit gonna fuck you up. All you have to do is look at what, who was in, and I look, you know, the, the longer time expands, we can get to it very quickly. Who was in power a hundred years from now? What was the, what was the Western power in 1915, and what was the Islamic power in 1915? Whoever's on the line, look on, look on the map, and you're gonna start busting up laughing. Right now, what's going on, America's liquidating all those powers that Turkey once had. It's the old Ottoman Empire getting re- redistributed. Redistributed by Western powers. Notice where Saudi Arabia is on the map during Ottoman Empire. Meaning... There have been more pilgrimage to Mecca post. That's what I'm saying. There's been more pilgrimage to Mecca post Ottoman Empire by foreigners than there was during the Ottoman Empire. Mm-hmm. When you read European history, Postmodern is very recent. And what makes it very recent <laughs> is they war with the Ottoman Empire. European history is very short. The Greeks. After the Greeks came the Romans. Who was the, the thorn in the Roman side? After the Romans, you have a fractures in, in you know, of little civilizations that come to power as we know now. But as these powers that come to be known now come into existence, who was in power then? Who was in check? <laughs> you, know, you see what I'm saying? You're going to be like, God damn, this motherfucker, this, this, this came up. And they came up not just off saying we white and we're going to be in power. They've convinced a lot of other fucking small nations to be white. This is why you got Asians in fucking Thailand getting surgery to round their eyes. 
If you got, listen to this, family. If you got Asians rounding their eyes and you got Jamaicans and Nigerians bleaching their skin to be white, this supports my motherfucking, my motherfucking theory when I say it's a lot of bullshit in the middle. We're going to have to fight. You see what I'm saying? People send the wannabes after us first. Those wannabe with white power, who want to be with identity, who feel that you and your black supremacy, you're holding us back from being part of this integrated society. <laughs> it's the whitewashing the brain. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you said, they they take on the context of white supremacy and figure that listen, man, they either I blend in or I'm, or I'm out. Because they see what the stance where they put anybody who's on the outside who's on the outside of uh, white supremacy. Anybody who's thinking anything other than white supremacy, man, you, you might as well label yourself a terrorist. Think anything other than that, because that's what they that's what they want to that's what they want to push. Anything that you are disagreeable with and make you a terrorist. Now, I came to this conclusion off of, off a of, uh, uh, a blunt chronic. Meditating off a show y'all did. Listen to Bud Little, right? So I'm like, I had to go. I had to go look at Ali for a minute. I'm just looking at Ali and Customato. Y'all know who Customato is, right? Anybody ever Customato? Customato was the cracker that trained Tyson. Customato trained Tyson, and he trained uh, Floyd Patterson. Yeah, but he, he was in the corner with Ali, like on some other shit. Like some backup shit at a point in time. No, the people this time. I found an old little thing on YouTube when Ali I didn't know I always watched Ali fights after after they took his championship. I didn't even go to all of that. The movie watered that shit down totally. I have a whole different context. I'm gonna bring on the you know, I'm gonna bring it out tonight. Because I've been studying, watching this shit for a while, and I had to change my whole theory on why they even killed Malcolm X off watching Muhammad Ali or Classes Clay. You know what I'm saying? When you look at Muhammad Ali, <laughs> Kentucky boy doing this thing, he changed the books in regards to influence because even though he was a boxer boxers was, was was denoted back then as being brutes and very simple you know savages but they gave him a charismatic title that's why i said let me, let me watch this shit right here right so after before my, they had to take his title from him they had to take his shit from him and they had to use the the uh draft as a means of doing that Like they did with Joe Lewis. Joe Lewis was a champion to black people. He served as a symbol of black strength. Europeans saw that. Even though he boxed, they seen he had a charismatic nature. And what they did was they said they inducted him into into the military. Why the military? Because that will show him going to the military will serve as a symbol of positive integration with blacks and whites in America. 
So when they took the shit from Ali, Customato came in. Customato came in, and what was funny, they was putting him against old champions. And, and when, the thing I got from it was, like when you watch, anybody seen Django? Remember that scene where you seen where the two niggas was fighting with it, show you where boxing came from? Leonardo DiCaprio was an English cracker who had plantations in Louisiana and Mississippi. On this fun time, who was it that he felt the need to box his slaves against? Anybody know? Who was Django getting into it with at the bar? When Django, watch that movie. When Django came back to come get his queen, cracker, the cracker didn't speak English. I mean, he didn't know French. But the French was known to this day as being what? The apple or the symbol of European aristocracy, right? So even though he didn't speak, but that like that whole French theme in New Orleans that still permeates to this day in New Orleans. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Mr. Rodney. Did he I'm, get into it with the white dude who who was in there um, playing pool, right? What was that white boy doing? Right. Remember, remember after Leonardo DiCaprio's slave boxer defeated his, the Spaniards. He was a, what, what, that's where the connection, right fucking there. Leonardo DiCaprio is in the South Mississippi in the 1800s. He is the third generation inheritor of a plantation, right? Even though he's the inheritor by blood, the overseer of the plantation is a fourth, no, no, is a second generation house nigga. Louis Capital is a third generation. He's the grandson of Slam, but the real overseer was who? Yes, they should all die. Bernie Hill. <laughs> Samuel Jackson. Samuel motherfucking Jackson. I, I love Django. Because Django, the actors are the actors are picked by headcrackers. See when you look don't don't we, we don't need to attack the officer who hanging because the officer is still white white folks like to have this pecking order in place. And we need to get it, you know, put that and shit in check real quick. You know, they they have a pecking order. So if 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 police have a protocol where they have to shoot us on sight, I'm not going to attack him. I'm a, I'm gonna get him out the way if he, you know, that the situation arises. But it's, the problem is, who is he getting orders from? Just like how we meet on feet on the ground as refugees on FOG Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Cracker police meet up every day. Even though they're a cracker and they got a badge and they got a gun and they got the right to kill any motherfucking nigga, they still have to sit in this meeting and listen to motherfucking orders given to them by other crackers who are in power. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. If we were to kidnap a cracker and hold her for interrogation, goddammit, we want to know where his motherfucking... Because he's only a part of it. Tiny command. Yeah, real talk. 
Fuck Park. You always a chain of command. Just slow down straight. So, you know, and you're saying that that's one of the reasons why, you know, even hitting, like, looking back to the Fred Hampton clip, you know, even even if you took and hit the cops who came in there, you still had the problem of, of the Hallahan's who commissioned this type of situation. You still got the problem of the prosecutors who will manipulate the evidence in order for the situation to be able to be had. So this now is just a thing of the the one who walking around with the gun who will who who does the murdering, but it's also those who, like you said, who pass down the orders. Look, look at it like this, brother. Here it is: the cracker would convey this, you know, this image to the world that he's running shit, and not only is he running shit, he's taking care of his people. When the truth is, he's taking care of himself, and he's creating a system where he's taking care of his people, and these people are forced in positions to be scandalous motherfuckers. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm saying. Well, family, I see y'all out there on the line. Don't be shy. You can add into the conversation and get a chance. You know? Yeah. <clears throat> Another thing I saw on that, um, listening to that tape, man, it's like, you listen to them crackers talking, he's talking as if he's trying to aim around, you know, innocent bystanders, but they're telling you, like, you can see the barrage of the rounds, the bullets is going everywhere, so when you look at how they deal with, you know what I'm saying, our people, it's like it's a, a blatant disregard for African life, everything is collateral damage. So you got a lot of people thinking like you might be able to bargain or, or come out like I don't, you know, I don't have nothing to do with it. That's them. That's that. Like they're going to kill every African in sight. They don't give a shit about your your status or your position or your affiliation. Like when they come in for the so-called Messiah, they're going to do whatever they got to do. It's like you said, brothers, born all spare love and war. So everybody is, is, is a target. So your best bet is to try to protect your square at the time and then you deal with the rest of that shit later if you make it out. The best bet is to stay galvanized as a unit. I don't give a fuck if you're down for the revolution or not. You best get with your fam because the cracker coming in, he ain't giving a fuck about nothing that ain't down with his thing. You know what I mean? Like, like, you know, that's that right, man. It's like, that's the catch twenty two. Because at the same time the cracker is spending everything studying us. Mm-hmm. You have to know this right here. Why? What happens when you threaten a motherfucker? Okay, you got a million uh, uh, nuclear bombs that can blow this world up. Eventually the people are gonna say, Oh, you know, we need to watch what we say. People they're gonna push the button and then eventually you're going to say, fuck it, nigga, push the button. Push the button. Why haven't you pushed the button yet? Push that motherfucker. And you know what I've noticed, my nigga? That the cracker can't push the button because he is savage. But he also got a little common sense to know that he won't push the button knowing that a few niggas will slide. He, look, it, niggas don't hear me when I say that. 
meaning he won't push that button until he's secure enough to know that he will destroy every nigga on this planet. And there ain't nothing on this planet yet existence that can destroy every nigga on this planet. Because if he was to push a button that would destroy majority of this motherfucker and leave one nigga here, he knows from his science and technology that that nigga will make it and survive when he can't and won't. You understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah. I don't think that nigga wanted... Shit. I don't think if the cracker gonna tell you some shit, if the cracker gonna tell you some shit like this, if there was a nuclear fallout, the only thing that would survive is roaches. The roaches seem to love niggas. <laughs> Who gonna survive? The way I'm seeing is like motherfucking crackers is like. He's not even ready for no part. Like, he ain't, I don't think he got enough courage to, he don't want to end it all. You know what I'm saying? Everything he do is like, they, they, they don't even know the history. What, the, the one insect, the one insect on this planet that is the fastest evolving motherfucking insect on this planet yeah. is a roach. You don't know that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I heard. And out of all the human beings on the planet, <laughs> That they choose to want to live under, right? Mm. It's the oldest motherfucker on this planet. That ain't by coincidence. And I'm not saying that niggas and roaches can sign. I'm just saying through poverty, through white oppression. Through white oppression, the nigga and the roach have seemed to meet face to face like the rat has. That's another animal. You know what I mean? (laughs) And as I'm talking to y'all, these motherfucking Elroys are out here. Because <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is like motherfuckers need to be ready, man. When the beast coming in, they coming in for all that ain't down with them, so. You're not going to jump on this side by proxy. You're going to have to be ready. Like, you're going to have to come with the team regardless. It ain't going to make no difference. There's no safe place from this beast. There's no safe place. Like, uh, when you look at uh, Fred Hampton, doing this thing, like my man said, they wasn't doing no real criminal activity. The only thing he was doing was trying to liberate African people. So that within itself right there is a so-called act of war. Just to want for black people to want to be free in and of itself is an act of war. If you look at Martin Luther King, Michael, Michael King, he wasn't even on a revolutionary shit. But with the charisma he had, what Brother Mekwa um, was speaking on, he was a threat to the social order. But because of that, he got his wig pushed back. You know what I'm saying? But he wasn't even on no radical type shit. He just was, you know what I'm saying, using his words. You know what I'm saying? To liberate his peace. 
but then again, still trying to liberate black people. Even doing it, you know what I'm saying, within a, um, I guess you could say, you know what I'm saying, in the context of where he was speaking for different races, but primarily his own race, fucking with the social order. So he had to push his wig back. And he wasn't no radical. He wasn't, he wasn't, you know what I'm saying? Damn sure they couldn't say that he was firing no shots at the police. But they felt he would be enough of a threat where he had to be taken out. So there's no safe place, you know what I'm saying? There is no safe side from the beast. Only safe side is, you know what I'm saying, it's going to be going for your freedom. It's basically freedom to death. So you might as well join with your cadres who are trying to get free when they come down to it because you're going to get smoked anyway. I'm just saying that for, you know what I'm saying, individuals who feel like, well, I don't get caught with, you know, with this group or affiliated with these people or what have you, like, you're going to be safe. It ain't so. My estimation is it's not so when you look at history. You know, what's funny to me, uh, the group that has the least amount of numbers on the planet is the one that should uh, should be the one that is in fear. You know, and it, it just shows the effect of our conditioning that it's not the, that case uh, psychologically for them or for us. You know, and it goes, man, it goes back to, I'm I'm checking out the queen, the warrior queen, um, Marimba Annie. Man, I'm so happy I'm turned on to her right now. I'm sorry I'm late to the queen, but I'm on it. And, um, you know, when she broke down, uh, the the psychological aspect of the European and and what comes out of that socialization and it's, it's stemming from and and the person who uh, made it a manifesto a blueprint that all of them have followed is whoever is supposed to have been Plato and as she expressed is really broken down in his Republic you know. It, it, it is their acknowledgement of being lesser in, in a, a real sense. Their acknowledgement of what makes us different, right, is our appearance, our, 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 amount, our type of carbon and the amount thereof. And it is that thing that they realize that made them different. It is why they operate from... Uh, what he what he classified as uh thinking or or a logic base solely with no uh emotion i e spirituality, which is a component that we have, which is broken down and and uh uh the way she broke it down to the sexes male and female, you know what I'm saying they are devoid of that in the from the sea. You know, and her work, her, her her thesis, where she coming from, 
it just made me think of uh, parallel, parallel, paralleling. Sorry, Dr. Richard King and his work because that sick insanity of being a thing, right? Not having no connection to the universe, nothing around, nothing living around you, and classifying that as making you superior. Uh, uh, and mean, meaning that you uh, deal with the left side of the brain only, logic, thinking, and all those who incorporate a balance between logic, thinking, and spirituality uh, are inferior. And it was the basis from her point of view and the way she broke it down, I'm in total agreement, it's the basis from which the 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 their theology derives from. She's the first elder that I heard say like she was she wasn't accepting no religion on any kind of level. None of they crack a beast religion. She she would not say well you know I understand you know she wouldn't ride the fence on it straight up and down and and the way she broke it down was masterful. And I want to thank the family for putting me on to the queen. So I went a little to the side because I'm hype off that. Fuck that. Black power, man. Black power. What's the queen name again, queen? Marimba Annie. She's the queen that Dr. Clark had introduced the video video that Mikara had posted. Where it was... um, a lecture on African education. It was her, Dr. Um, Amos Wilson. This was like back in the day. So since then, you know, I've been catching what I can catch until I can also get her work, you know. And uh, it, it's, it's, it's real. It's called um, the Yorugu. Am I saying that right? Black Power? Yeah, we did. Is that the correct pronunciation? Yoru, 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 some shit. She called a cracker beast, and it's based upon, you know, um, I forgot what part in Africa she said um, it was from, but it was a, a story of this. Are you saying why you are you G A? Y U G U R U. I never heard them. I never heard. It's that. It might be. Oh, it's Y U R G. Hold on, I'm pulling shit up right now. And brother Bourne, I know you know because I, I heard you speak on the Queen. And Minkara, definitely you too, because you said she inspired you and shit. Y'all, y'all know the correct pronunciation. I just stepped away. She got me open. I'm about to read that motherfucking um, cracker beast bullshit, play those shit again. You know, I don't technically uh, know if the cracker beast is really real or not, but what is espoused in that shit is it is um, shows where the racism and, and 
and slavery, all of that come from. You know what I'm saying? She, she, the way she broke the shit down. Okay. It's, um, yeah. It's Y-U-R-U-G-U. Urugu. Spelled it wrong the first time. I, I, didn't, I didn't heard that term. I didn't know what it means before, but I, I heard, I mean, I've seen you read across that term before. Part of self family. Uh, I have to step away for it. How long emergency? You all right, King? Everything's everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, okay, going on real quick. But um, uh, um, I heard you say something about your Google, and I know that um, uh, Sister Marimba in. Is- I say, say. Is the one who created that monumental work on the on the um, beast? Matter of fact, uh, think about that. Let me, let me see something real quick. I know you know because I learned from a uh, uh, and I've also heard you speak on the work. I think you even have it. I don't yeah. have it yet, but peeping the Queen's lectures out ever since I got turned on. Uh, the psychological work, yo, the, it's ill how she went in on the cracker bees. And, you know, dealing with what Fred happened to Fred Hampton and what continues to happen to our people, she really shows how it, it won't change until we do something about it. You know, um, it, it comes from their seed. You know what I'm saying? The thing, you know, motherfuckers want to say, oh, you know, our differences in terms of complexion, it means nothing. Well, I beg to differ. It means everything. All right? Even the differences between us and the darkest Indian you can find me because he still don't got that curly, uh, highly conductive hair. He don't got that. So that says that there's a differentiation in our seat, and I don't have to know the haplogroups to know that. And this queen, in my opinion, really, yo, I'm sad that I'm just, well, first of all, I'm grateful I'm finally on to her, thanks to being a feet on the ground, uh, FOG. A refugee, as Brother Mikura dropped it, and I can't thank y'all enough because she's put so many of the other master teacher works that I have have had the pleasure of having all into perspective. I mean, huh, Doctor Richard King, Brother Bone, I'm obviously ill parallels. You know, him his emphasis on our archetype C and her emphasis on theirs. You know, I, I can see now why there's a Dr. Seuss book, Dr. Seuss book, with a thing one, thing two, because they really are things. Mm-hmm. To become more clear. Shay. Put down, put down. 
we did a um actually actually one of the um the Cows Network, they did a breakdown of the book. I didn't even know. I just looked, I just looked on um, YouTube and seen they did a breakdown of the book. I guess they read it like how we like like how we be doing. I haven't I haven't listened to it, but I would I would guess because it say the first. Thing. I checked that one too. I I you know I checked one where it's just the name of Urugu and um, Dr. Marimba Annie, and then there's like a six-hour joint. Well, I'm I'm going I'm to play this clip with who is Urugu. Matter of fact, I, let me think which one turned out to write. Uh, I got a little, I got a little seven-minute clip. I'm going to play real quick. This is definitely. Incomplete being right that the agent of disorder in the world can only be destructive and create. It really has a problem with harmony. Okay, got to disrupt that. Okay, that's the rule. Jacob corrupted. Talk to us about African deep thought. Is language. 
you know, the St. Victorian plea in, in colonialist languages, uh, whoa. Because <laughs> that's the purpose. You want that thing that you could control. They get stuck right there at what we would call jury thought, which, which in, in, in African thought is the simplest level. It doesn't go, it doesn't have depth. And we get mesmerized by all of the stuff that you got to do, that the, the, you know, they put you through hoops and so forth to get your degree. You know, and you come out and think, well, I got a PhD. And all you're doing is becoming proficient at their stuff. But in terms of the Ghanaian concept, African concept, you haven't gotten very far. And that results in Africans and other majority people <coughs> finding ourselves as inferior objects of European domination. We are trained to accept the system of global white supremacy as true, but I ask the question, where does this system get its power from? Give me a minute. Get it from us. We give it power. Because of how we've been taught and what's been done to our minds and what we have accepted in our own image of ourselves, we give the system power. If we deny that truth, the system would have no power. It would collapse and would not work. And so what happens is that we, in ignorance of who we really are, enter into the academy. Remember I said in ignorance of who we are, not feeling valued, not feeling worthy, we enter into the academy. Why? Because we want validation. Who are we getting validation from? We're getting validation from those who would oppress us and kill us and destroy us. And their terms. How can that validate us? It can't validate the opportunity. We can only do that. And so we are taught in the academy, to deny spirit, you see, in self-denial, the purpose of the academy, to justify European domination, and so it produces objectified controlled reality, which is the basis for the so-called ideal state, which is Plato's Republic. And what comes out of that are Africans who are afraid of African rituals. Mm. Come on. Yep. Deny African paradigms who support and perpetuate European domination. What comes out of that, if you do well, mm. Mama. is that you become a colon
with these stories, right. this politicized mythology about their superiority and our inferiority. They had to make us the objects that they needed to control. What we have to do is to reactivate the memory We have to be involved in a process that we call memory itself. Because the memory is there. As you begin studying your culture and who you are and your ancestors, you'll find that these things will be very familiar. Very familiar because they exist inside of us. And in the process of that remembering is the process of Sankofa. Black power. Black power. I was on a system. Remember Andy dropping the jewels on the Google, and where, uh, and you know, just a, a little overview of where our mind should be at, and where we're going, what you should be dealing with. I um, mean, a nice little tight little piece. Ashe. I, I like that. Like the, the, I like that the sound coming across kind of clear. Yeah, it was definitely clear, too. That was good, brother. It had a couple of different points, but that was definitely good right there. Excellent thing. You know, so they'll never stop assassinating our charismatic um, Africans. They are aware that they have to rise. They know there is a difference. And 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 she mentioned Plato's Republic, which I'm going in, because it's their acknowledgement of knowing that they're dead. They're the living dead on some real shit. And their behavior since they've been here a little history they got since they've been here shows that they don't give a fuck about nothing living. They have no connection to it whatsoever. They like a byproduct. They like the movie Twin. They like somebody. They like some fucked up byproduct. They like the Danny DeVito. The shit that's supposed to be thrown away. A shade. No connection to nothing that's going on. Always wrong, never right. But the tyranny we done lived up, up, up under, you know, it, it done grew us strong. And as the Queen said, you know, that's why that's the reason for us to uh, get back to utilizing African terms to uh, redefine this this reality. Because if we don't redefine the reality for ourselves, then it's going to stay what it is, man. We ain't got a fighting chance unless we start to fight. I say to that because I think the worst thing that's more detrimental to the black community will be a neo-colonialist or neo-conservative or neo-cracker charismatic leader. To some extent, that's the role that they think that Obama was going to play. 
There's one thing to be charismatic, but your message has to be that of white domination, that of controlling your people or holding back your people. You see what I'm saying? And I think the youth are getting hip to that, and they're hearing it. They're hearing that. Weird, they, uh, uh, if they're not hearing it, they're seeing it, and they're noticing that's the real current thing. You know what I mean? Yo, you're saying now, hold on. Look, listen, listen. Let me read. Let me drop this. Let me read drop this jewel by Fred Hansen. Did you catch that? Did you catch, catch him earlier? Hold on. While you looking for that, while you looking for that, brother boy, I just want to say this, man. While you, you know, when you when you understand that that context right there, when we talk about, when we say that this, they know that because of the conditions that they're creating, they were going to produce charismatic black males and females, right? But one thing you notice is that the first move made by them, you would think, would be is to take them niggas out or take them sisters out. And that's not the case. The first move is to infiltrate. Mm-hmm. So if you're an African, if you're an African or you're you know, an African male or sister, you're a male or female, and you're questioning your self-worth, you, you know, suffer from, you know, self-hate and so forth, you're going to notice that that's going to be the first mode Presented to you by your enemies is inclusion, or, 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 or you, you see what I'm saying? They wanted to use you to promote something else, or and, and that's been the case. And like I was saying earlier, that was the case even with Muhammad Ali, Francis Clayton. Them crackers was cool with him. He was just looked upon as being a fourth generation. Slave from Louisville, Kentucky, who had a big mouth. But when he got to fucking with his people and got to recognizing the social problems, they put everything against him to silence him. And when they couldn't silence him in the ring, they took his fucking title from him. That's important to notice. You see what I'm saying? Because what was he punished for? For not getting with the status quo, for not. You see what I'm saying? And that's going to be the first mode. So if you doubt. If you doubt your qualities of being a leader, you shouldn't question them at all if you notice that your enemies are steadily in the habit of trying to recruit you, want to use you as a medium to promote their message among your people. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Want to use you as uh because they they created this other illusion 
in order to be successful, is it really, you have to have a, a good sponsor. So, Mikro, you want Mikro and, and Brother Born, Sister Camille, uh, uh, Brother Little, uh, 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 Brother Hero, uh, uh, Brother Carl, Brother Tim, Sister Miller, what's up, you know, and we'll use that as a. <laughs> that ain't the case. You see what I'm saying? Everybody got their own little standard of what they call, you know, integrity. I know I do. But when you combine integrity, because you create or you control the the morality, or you you know you, you understand what I'm saying? It's for the people. Man, that's a, yo, you saying that that's, that's what this clip played to? Let me I'm gonna play this clip right now. You basically knowing my dog. You basically you know. You know, on yours, you can uh, support some of our programs. That's what you say. Why not? And we believe in programs like the Bless the Children program and free other things. Right on, though? We believe they're good things. Uh huh. As a focal point to organize their mothers and fathers. Uh huh. Peace. Mm-hmm. There's no educational programs here? Uh, Able to 
themselves. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, with no education, the people take this local foundation and start stealing money because they won't be really educated to why it's the people thing anyway. You understand what I'm saying? With no education, you have neo-colonialism instead of colonialism, like you got in uh, Africa now, like you got in, uh, in, uh, in uh, Haiti. So what we're talking about is there has to be uh, education program. That's very important. As a matter of fact, we are so important for us that a person has to go through six weeks of our political education before we can consider themselves a member of the party, able to even run down ideology for the party. Why? Because if they don't have an education, then they're nowhere. You dig what I'm saying? They're nowhere because they don't even know why they're doing what they're doing. You might get people caught up in the emotionalist movement. Uh, you understand me? You might be, get them caught up in because they're poor and they want something. And then if they're not educated, they want more. And before you know it, they'll be capitalists. And before you know it, we'll have Negro imperialists. That man was fucking genius. Without education, what do you say? We're going to have Negro imperialists. Because you can only uphold that value in which you've been taught to the highest extreme. And if it's not yours and it's your enemies, it's going to be, you know what I mean? That's a form of imperialism right there. Notice, notice the terminology. Malcolm X used imperialism. Idi Amin spoke about imperialism. You see what I'm saying? Because if the, if the highest intellect of a Negro is that of a British or Britain background, he going he gonna deify and big up British patrons. You see what I'm saying? British history, British contributions, European, and and, and it's gonna be more backlash to the black community than it is to support black community. He's 19 in Chicago making them kind of revelations. You see what I'm saying? And notice what's the theme of imperialism? Intention, influence, and idea. And if it's an idea that's supporting a British type of philosophy, it's British imperialism. The best people to bring about any mode of imperialism are individuals with the ability to. Charismatically, what's the definition of command? Influence a lot of people, right? So to some extent, white supremacy is dependent, not supportive. It is it supports and it depends upon that of a black individual who's gonna have philosophy to motivate a lot of people. That's why they big up Martin Luther King Jr. and so forth. Not because of his black philosophy, because of his integrationist philosophy and supporting the Christian, the Christian Judaic type of. Y'all understand the point I'm making, right? Mm hmm. And if you understand that, to some extent, Benny Siegel was a genius when he made that movie, State Property. And that's really what being incarcerated is because the Constitution say, yeah, no one will be bound to the laws of slavery unless you've been found guilty of of that state that puts that, you know, warrant out against you and then unless makes you state property. And, you know, the oppressed 
emulate it, imitate, imitate the 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 role of the uh, oppressor. All over Benny Siegel shit. Get out or lay down. That's European shit right there. And if you understand that, get out, lay down type of mentality. That's exactly what's going on in this part of history that we're talking about. Whether it be you know, so really standing firm and doing what you say in America, just doing what you say and acting on what you say you're going to do can make you an outsider and outcast, like Pop. Like I don't want to add that no one else is better equipped to deal with white supremacy than the African, because here it is, it's 2015, and we speak English very well. Everybody on this line speaks English very well, but none of us would go to the extent of saying that we're British. Am I correct? I say. And see, that's the difference between us and a lot of people. You can have a dark-skinned, black-as-night Cuban. I'm speaking of an individual I know <laughs> who speaks Spanish, but he will more or less identify with the language of people he speaks with than the visual ancestry of people he comes from. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And he would rather be put in another category of being called a Morano. Moreno. <laughs> that's a category that's not really found in the West Coast. It's really found in the East Coast. But I've been doing my homework. But I've been seeing that. I've been seeing that. You know what I mean? And we everywhere. And the, and the more I see it, the more I see that the European was very, very thorough in making sure that in every area is of communication. We say divide and conquer. The main one is communication. Even if I want to, and even if I want to communicate with my niggas from Cuba, my niggas from Puerto Rico, my niggas from Panama, all them niggas, my niggas from Nicaragua, it's a language barrier. And the, and I laugh because I know history because the language barrier between Africans and America is that for some reason we don't even know this shit, but we 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 we, we abide by it. We don't even choose to work on this. Fuck Spanish. We don't want to fuck. And it's because of the history of Spain. You feel me, Sister Camille? I do, King. I do. It's a genetic matter that's already in our memory. It's built up in us. So as you hear that shit. And I only say that for the Africans in America who speak English. We don't choose to fuck with that Spanish shit. And it's the reason why we got a problem trying to learn it. They will mess me up. You know, I was looking for a language to speak, you know, like one of the uh, most used languages in Africa. So I pulled up the map. I Google pulled up the map, and I looked at every fucking language that has shit to do with motherfucking Africa. I just seen French, 
mostly it was French, English, you know what I'm saying, shit like that. I was like, man, we got a problem. Shame. My brother from Kenya said that. He was like, oh, make a lot. He was like, you're my leather. He was quite, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, Ewo is Bantu. But even though that's a European title, instead of saying the connection we have, brother, is the best language, he can go into some of the languages. When he said, you know, in, in, in uh, Swahili, you know, my brother is Malugu Yangu. And Yangu in, in Nigeria and Igbo is almost the same way a little bit, almost the same like, like when you were first in your home and so forth. So the best thing that could happen for European and colonialization is that language context is making sure that certain areas. And that's why, I don't know how many people are familiar with the, uh, uh, the uh, Berlin Conference. This is when Europeans sat down and said, uh, the French are going to get this part of Africa, the English this part, German and so forth. And there's a reason why the English and the French got some of the most predominantly aggressive African colonies that speak French and English. You see what I'm saying? That's not by coincidence. The French didn't have a strong military influence or empire. But they had, like Dr. Clark said during the Conference of Berlin, they had they got the equivalent of sixteen nations. From Senegal, majority of a lot of West Africa speaks French. And North Africa speaks French. Tunisia, Mali, you name it. Senegal. Guinea. Guinea, uh, the Cameroon. Do the Cameroon speak French? They got their natural context of language there, but they also got that emphasis on needing to learn or read. You know what I mean? Like the connection we have in America with the English is the English got Uganda, Kenya, Nigeria. You see what I'm saying? And Ghana for the brothers. <laughs> like, don't, don't forget mention Ghana. Because <laughs> they speak good English. I'm, I mean, don't get me wrong. A lot of Africans in Africa speak English and abroad, but I'm just talking about generally. And there's a lot of different areas where the English are. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to leave anybody out. But I'm saying the all, you know, the original. But English, Kenya. Uganda, uh, Nigeria, Ghana, and South Africa. You know what I mean? That's what language has been the norm of division right there. And the sister's right when, you know, because I hear even Africans say that. I've heard my, my, my Kenyan brother, Mr. Sanchez, you know, he's from the Kikuyu, and he would speak up on that. Like, I'm talking from a brother from, you know, from Nigeria, a brother from Ghana. And while he's saying, you know, the only thing we got in common is the English language. When I heard the discussion, I'm like, well, brother, to be real, that's a strip because that reminds us of who our oppressor is because we all have in common the language of the one who oppressed us. You see what I'm saying? And by us even, we may not know the ins and outs of how they oppressed us, 
But as long as we know how to speak the language of that motherfucker will press us, that's that's what we should focus on. We shouldn't focus on what part did the master find us. You see what I'm making? I say, King. Mm-hmm. And I know if I was a slave runner, and I wouldn't never plan to be one, if you was a slave runner, you wouldn't want to house the slaves who are in agreements of a language that you started, you know what I mean, or, or anything of that nature. You would want them to be divided. You would want them to find dependency strictly upon you, right? And when you understand that, that's why the whole mode, and there's been a strong, I don't know if anybody, you know, know about it, but even, you know, when we talk about Hollywood, anybody heard of Nollywood? Yeah, out there in India. No, no, Nollywood. Nigeria, right? Nigeria, that's Nollywood. Nigeria. Yeah, that's Nigeria. Brother, is Brother Anthony on the line from Ghana? Is he on the line tonight? I don't know. I see a couple. I see Texas out there. Might, it might be Brother Anthony. You out there? Uh, if not, you know the you know Ghana and Nigeria have been pushing a real strong movement. You know, in regards to their movement, some say they low budget, whatever. But goddamn it, they African, and to show you that even in the villages, they they supporting the fam bam on propaganda. Now, when you think of, when you hear about the media, the first ones to run that in America was Jews. I don't care, you know. I didn't learn this looking for racial tensions. Nigga, they just go to an art class. And if you take an art class on film, you'll see that. Chaplin, all the motherfuckers. So it's a, it's a, it's an art to, to, you know, uh, but a little probably can emphasize more on it. But just to hear that family in Africa are creating a market, doing for self-supporting, you know, even even if it is negative, negative stereotypes. The director gonna be an African showing the stereotype. You see what I'm saying? So I've been I've been on my 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 Nollywood thing. Uh, a good brother, a couple good links on YouTube. You can find support in the Nollywood movement, the Ghana movement. You know, cause they uh Ghana and uh Nigeria got a good relationship with their directors and producing. You know, uh you know, black soap operas if you want to call them. Just it's good. You know, they movies. You know what I'm saying? But to show you the image that they've been portraying as Africans being savages, the world ain't a small place no more. Little villages rising to be big cities. And when you understand that, you understand that white supremacy needs to be centered upon the whole world being small and the only, quote, big scene being the white civilization of the white nation and that's a problem and enemies of white supremacy can be found in ally everywhere as long as we keep the boundaries strictly on relationships dealing with politics and political geography the Chinese <laughs> Uh, 
See, the Chinese have been playing a role in history that is quite new that we need to be really, 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 really watching. Why would you say that, Mankawar? There's a long relationship to history of Arabs in Africa. And we know Arabs in Africa because we know that the legacy and the division that they've caused right now with Islam in Africa. Can I get a witness in the house? Also witness the division caused by Christianity from white Christians in Africa. Can I witness? Can I get a witness in the house? I'm in rock. <laughs> can y'all tell me of any uh black Buddhists, African Buddhists right now? So <laughs> no, no. What am I saying? What am I saying? The relationship right now between Chinese and African is strictly business. It ain't got nothing to do. See, in the past, Arabs would do business, but it came with a little bit of personal shit. So the Arabs would help us here, but we had to accept this form of Islam. You understand the point I'm making? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Yeah, we ain't have to accept Buddhism. Or, or the relationship between China and Africa is strictly business. It wasn't That's like what makes it tonight. Like, it ain't no, it ain't no, yeah, we'll build this mall. They've been spending a lot of money in Ethiopia. Ethiopia got pilots, y'all. They got pilots like Uganda did in the 70s, and they got a motherfucking fully functional railroad system. Didn't Dr. Clark say we needed a railroad system all throughout Africa? Didn't we go through Chancellor Williams' book and show that the first place that Europeans would invest in Africa was Ethiopia because of the light skin, dark skin, racial context? Regardless of the light skin, dark skin context, Chancellor Williams never thought the Chinese would be in the picture, right? The relationship between Africans and China is strictly business. Nigga, you're going to get these resources, and this we're going to get in return, and that's it. Ain't no... Uh, that's what I'm saying. Ain't no cross-culture. Ain't no cultural appropriation. They're not trying to make you... Don't open up a Buddhist temple in Africa with... Huh? They're not trying to make you be Chinese cause, just because they're there. They're not trying to they don't you. have to because they know the relationship that Arabs and Europeans have in Africa. You see the point I'm making? Niggas need to step their politics up. Shake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, 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 the Chinese man knows he can't come with that. In fact, he don't really want to sway that point. He would rather be, the, the China man would rather be more comfortable with Chinese practicing indigenous African cultures than Chinese having Africans practice Buddhist culture. You understand the point I'm making? Because he don't want none of that white supremacy to fuck up his business in Africa. Hmm? See, Farrakhan's relationship with Gaddafi was business and religion. You see the point I'm making? Hold on, say that again. Gaddafi's relationship 
Because Gaddafi was the sponsor of the Nation of Islam at one point, right? It was business and pleasure. Because his pleasure was Islam, right? So he had no problem with doing business with a black organization in the name of Allah, right? Y'all give y'all three point five million if y'all can right black back you see the you see what I'm saying? Uh, you right about that. It's honest talk and negotiations with Chinese. It's strictly business. Ain't no you know that's the point we need to be seeing right now, yes. They ain't doing no cross And what we need to know is we didn't create the situation. Europeans did. Europeans been fucking us over so much, they didn't think that a second-rate... Now, I'm not saying big up the Chinese. I'm just saying, God damn it, you gonna, common sense going to tell you if this nigga's offering you oppression and religion and half a dollar, you're going to take the whole dollar and no oppression for the same motherfucking savage, right? If it caused division between them motherfuckers, right? That's military strategy. If it ain't, some nigga tell me something I don't know. <laughs> oh, I ask a question. Will we be more successful with waging war at China and America at the same time? And the Arabs? Or will we be more successful at making them argue and fight over what we got, and then while they argue and fighting, we come with the sneak attack? Yeah, now that's that's the that's the best bet. That's our best bet is to make sure that we that we galvanize around the fact that they they don't like each other. It's easy to get resources. When a lot of Africans are Christian, it's easy to get resources when a lot of Africans are, are, are Muslim. And nowadays, it's showing that you can get a lot more resources with just being good businessmen with Africans, right? <laughs> That's the problem. You see what I'm saying? They just the point that they're creating the option for us because the European market gives you two options: either the one I give you or the one I don't give you, but both of them are given to you by me, right? Well, I got the Chinese option as well. <gasps> How dare you? You motherfucker. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And we and I'm going to exercise the right to use it. Because when, it's like the dope game to some extent. I'm going to use SETI. But it's really real, and it's basic to use an analogy. When it's good, people will come for it. They're going to fight over it. Motherfuckers ain't going to fight and kill over nothing that's bad. If you got motherfuckers fighting to compete over who's going to serve you this liquor, who's going to serve this, you know, there got to be something good going on over there, man. And if it's not, somebody convinced you otherwise. And they're making money off convince you otherwise. So it's the reason why we can't dabble in politics. 
There's a reason why we ain't fucking unified. There's a reason why the only trustworthy people in business are white people. And as African people, we're just delinquent. We are delinquent in being able to do for sale. You see what I'm saying? <coughs> Any nigga pushing that agenda right there is the charismatic house nigga going inward. Who has the properties of being a charismatic and being a leader, but is choosing to use that to serve his master, to keep his people down. Another lecture I've been studying, because it's a lecture full of motherfucking greats, and I don't mean that literally, but I do, is uh, uh, Dr. Clark, Amos Wilson, and Marumba Andy on that whole little bit on education. Because what I felt very interesting was that it's very rarely you get to see. Dr. Clark was the first person to say, I'm going to debate with individuals, I'm going to debate with my equals. And it's very rare, other than other than Dr. Ben, it's very few individual Africans that can stand in Dr. Clark's arena. But when I watched that whole little lecture, Amos Wilson, who died before Dr. Clark and at a younger age, and both Dr. Ben fell right into that category. And at that, and we need to. I've been studying Harlem real tough too during that era, because something is going on in Harlem in that era where all people felt the need to concentrate there, and it had nothing to do. Now I, I would say it had everything to do with the Renaissance because. Why do we find Kyle Muhammad was from where? What part of Texas was he from, y'all? The family online. Say what? He was, what part of Texas did Kyle Muhammad come from? He was from Texas, wasn't he? Kyle Muhammad came from Texas, was the western, west coast. It was Denton, I believe. That was Denton. It was Denton. Mm-hmm. He was the he was the West Coast. Um, basically, he went in the West Coast division of the, the Nation of Islam. Did a lot of work in California, but at the end of his plight, why was he in Harlem? Why did Doctor Clark go to Harlem? Why was Doctor Ben in Harlem? Sinetta noticed. The Harlem Renaissance. That's where and, black intellectual gathered. You know what I'm saying? And remember, all them Africans had to move up there to Harlem after they was, you know, it just was a, a Africans had been there for mad long in that area. So remember, they had a whole village there. That whole Central Park was a village. It was all African. Was now, African. this must be why, because I was. Question a lot of shit going on. Why said he fucking with polite? Said he fucking with polite only when they come to Harlem, right? Mm-hmm. Said he making it his business to go from D-Town, Detroit, to Harlem, right? In Harlem, that Mecca. I watched this old white thing. It was like Harlem. This is the metropolitan of the Negro world. <laughs> Yo, listen. Harlem used to be 
it was the marketplace for like it was the African marketplace for real, like in the world, like it was like top. You seen everything that, that black people was was selling was being sold in Harlem. You can go get it all right there amongst black people. And as I, and as Sister Camille, you know, stated, it was it was the um, it was the intellectual hub, but it was it was due to the um, you know it was due to the time span that the Africans had there. They had been there already as a community. Plus, you know, they was pushed pushed there too. Remember what happened with the riots that took place in what is now called the village area. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and that was in that area, if memory is on point, is that area close to Midtown where they found uh, the African burial ground? It is. No, because remember all the Central Park was an African village. A shame. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All and so that's like uh, yeah. Midtown. I ain't never seen Harlem or Central Park, but I made this uh, observation. Malcolm X was from Detroit. Wasn't he? Was he from Michigan? Then he went to Boston. Then he went to Harlem, right? Moses, some of his most powerful speeches. He died in Harlem. Is the, bar, is the Audubon bomb in Harlem? Ashay. What's what's going on in Harlem? This big movement. Amos Wilson, Marcus Garvey. I made this I made this observation. All Garveyites gravitated towards Harlem. Those directly involved in, in Garveyism and those indirectly involved with Garveyism through African influence through charismatic nature of individuals. See, that's why they have to kill and control all charismatic leaders because that shit spread like flu. Nigga, who taught you to be a G and be upright and be so genuine in your conduct? You see what I'm saying? We set code of morality. That's why that spiritual context has to be there because but African spirituality governs the morality. The spiritual aspect of things control what we think and what we know as being good and bad. We fucked up right now because the people, good and bad is, is really controlled and dominated by foreigners. And no matter how bad you may be, for a small price of some cheese, you can buy your way back into being good. You see what I'm saying? That is a complete hypocrisy to African culture. And see, once we deify what we know, we're already deifying it. We're blacking it up now. We're staying true to it. The first test that we're going to have is outsiders. What do you mean? Inclusion. They're going to want inclusion into societies and aspects of our beliefs that they wouldn't allow us into that. That has always been the norm. The what, in my lifespan that I've been observing, especially 
all the way from when I was in high school with black, you know, we have our little black clubs and so forth. The whites got their shit. But we can never have an all-black meet. Somebody from some another, they're going to feel the need, and that's going to be the problem. That's the problem right now. Because it's, it's, it's three different things going on in America right now that's so confusing. It's, it's hypocrisy. And that's what Malcolm X focused on, the hypocrisy of Western culture. Capitalism, racism, segregation, and integration all in one. Somebody prove me wrong. You're on point because we're still prisoners here. We're still prisoners. You know, they tell me because, uh, you know, they try to be more prisoners, you know more um, involved, I mean, because it's taking involvement, man, for us to change this one for the shit around, man. It's taking involvement. You know, that's that's one of the main things to take a real push in involvement, man. I would say we involved, Brother Moore. I would say it's not, because we are involved in our movement because we live in this shit. It's, you know what they say? You like when you go get a room, and low-key, they give you the option of saying, do not disturb. Mm-hmm. Am I tripping right now? No. Do y'all know that's the same norm? That's the same norm that apply in warfare? If, for example, for example, if a nation is in war, in this, in this civil war, that nation will have the maturity to say, hold on now. It's a hands-off policy right now because we're going through some, you see what I'm saying? Because if they were to, in warfare, if you ask for aid and help, that's a sign of dependency and that's a sign of weakness. You see what I'm saying? True. So even if a nation is divided, you know, divided among themselves, north and south, east or west, whatever, it would be more probable for the nation to handle that situation and consolidate it. See, that's what Sakazulu did. That's another important word, consolidation during warfare. To see the big picture. And see, that's what that's what our enemies have done right now. You see what I'm saying? And to prove that point is that Europeans have weaponized all forms. See, the African is honest and practical in their approach to information and how we use it and so forth. But the European has done this because of the environment that produced them. They have weaponized all information. They weaponize everything that they can fucking that they can touch. Anything they can make a weapon. That's what they're going to do it. They weaponize everything. So when you conquer a nation, you don't just send your army over there. That's not the first thing you send over there. You know what you send over there first? From a Western perspective, if you, if you go conquer a nation, you have to first 
destabilize that that nation economically or to give the illusion that that nation can be destabilized. You see what I'm saying? And once that is accomplished, then you stay in your motherfucking sociologist to say that, hey, man, it's a social problem. And if y'all can go with the social problem, maybe y'all can with this program. And once they believe it's a social problem, you sit in your psychologist. And the psychologists say that it's a behavior pattern that's going on. And your behavior pattern is based on this and that. And it may be based on spending habits and so forth. So ecologists come in. Basically what I'm saying is by the time you have to take over that nation, the last thing you have to bring in is your military. And by the time that happens, the military you bring, the people you finna conquer, they believe the military is coming to protect them. That's how you conquer a nation. In 2015, entering 2016, you don't just bring in your media army. You bring in the illusion that you're there to serve. Europeans, I mean, I'm, I'm only 33. Oh, my bad, I'm wrong. I'm trying to talk with you and shit, and I'm fucking on mute. Don't with me, family. You understand what I'm but, saying? But what you were saying, right? No, no, listen, right? What you're saying about that's how they conquer nations right now. That's a, um, a very – right now we can look at that. With what just happened in San Bernardino, with um, what happened in Paris, where under the guise of protection is how they conquering the people because they, they put you in a situation to make you say that, look, we need to be protected because somebody's out to get us. There's somebody out to get us, and we got a boogeyman set up that's coming to get us. So then you call, so then you tell your enemy, though, look, fuck it. You might as well come protect me. Now, let's look at it like this, family. If you a G, brother, you got a block that you hold up, right? And I'm a G, and I got a block that I hold up. And we respect ourselves, you know, we respect. We respect the code as being killers, right? I respect you, you're a killer, you're a killer, killer. But any time you cross that line and you call me for support that goes beyond the protection of your hood, as a G, I'm supposed to recognize I'm the nigga running things, right? Out of observation. So, it, so what I'm saying is, even if I was hurting, I mean, for financial shit, in terms of flossing, I would still call you up. But if I had some beat, I need to keep down or some shit like that, right? Mm-hmm. Even if I was losing in warfare, I would still give the op- or the illusion I was still winning, right? Cool. Now, apply that. You mentioned San Bernardino. And... All I'm going to say is this right here, right? Because I'm, I'm out here, in, in, you know what I'm saying? My family and Dino, I went to school and shit out there. But I don't know if brother ain't ruling I'm, All I'm going to say is this. Where did you know for an individual who shot up anything and I died the same day? When do you know 
that the government would grant access to the media to the whole facility. Did y'all catch that? It's a padding, King. I'm at the plantation and shit, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not even looking for this shit. I'm looking on the little Samsung. What's going on here? The feds have granted access to all media outlets to this so-called ISIS or whatever this motherfucker's house is, right? I'm busting the laughter <laughs> because the first thing I said is, damn, because he's dead, place is closed. Do you, okay, okay. Let's let's look at real terrorists. Let's look at real American homebred terrorists. Remember the Unabomber? Yeah. No, no, no. Do you remember the Unabomber, anybody? I know you brother born. Anybody else? I say. That old cracker. The Unabomber, the Unabomber stayed in the shack where he lived with the salary of less than like two, $2,500 a year. But was still able to mail off bombs to keep motherfuckers, right? Do you know the feds dismantled that little shed he was in and took that whole joint to the fed off? You see what I'm saying? <laughs> and he he's still alive. You're tough because the whole shed was worth investigating, worth preserving, worth studying. You see the point I'm making? Mm-hmm. So when they say this Arab got pissed off at San Bernardino at his job and came back with his Arab uh, uh, wife and, and and burned like 20 motherfuckers and almost got away and had half the motherfucking city looking after him. And I'm like, damn, they be listening. Mikrons out here. And I be on feet on the ground. I'm like, damn, this shit getting too close to home. No, sorry. Uh-huh. That's close. That's I was like, damn. And I didn't even know about this shit until cars put me on the shit. I'm in the city. But the car's like, Mikrons, you all right? Or hangouts. What's going on in town? Y'all high family? Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh no, what you talking about? What's going on? He sent me snapshots, the first eyewitness motherfuckers, Masons. Yeah. I went to Cal State San Bernardino, yo. The motherfucking college is down the street from the Mason Hall. University Hall? University Hall is the same street the Mason Hall are. There's two Mason Masonic uh, 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 facilities on the same street the police station is in. When I go when I go and see Brother Henry, it's right there. I go, you know what I'm saying? The campus North Fork, right in my school. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? So it's like, okay. My little nephew come out the hospital. I'm like, okay, damn. These motherfuckers, it don't make no sense. Because when you, right now, you look at San Bernardino right now, the first thing it's going to tell you is it's suffering from a methamphetamine epidemic. Yo. One out of ten are employed. Yo, you know what San Bernardino does? I mean, every, listen to me, brother boy. Listen to me, brother boy. That means when you see ten niggas on the street in San Bernardino, one of them may have a job. And that don't even assess the fact that one out of every three niggas is on probation or parole or something like that, right? So the mind state and frame of San Bernardino is niggas is really trying to get money to survive. It's so bad in San Bernardino, they got a no squat law. You know what squatting is, right? Mm-hmm. 
yeah, yeah. You move in the house that you don't. When you move in the house that you ain't paying rent in, right? Yeah. San Bernardino is Little Detroit because you can move into the squatting lawyers if it's running water is yours. You got junkies in San Bernardino right now moving their squatting in the houses, my nigga, and they just paying the water bill. Mm-hmm. Not there with junkies handicapped and squatters. So when I hear about a random Arab from ISIS coming to that location, shooting up a disabled facility, I laugh at that shit because I don't see no blood, no bodies, no testimony, just police. After Brother Cars hit me up like, nigga, this is this an exercise in San Bernardino family? What's going on? I don't know. I don't know what's going on. No. Give me a minute. I'm going to hit you up. You know what I mean? No, man. I'm saying, man, you got the San Bernardino. What else? They, they just went bankrupt, man. They went bankrupt just a little while ago, so they need that influx of money. Now, I'll tell you this. San Bernardino just built a $350 justice department out there, which makes I just have to go clear some little shit up with. Hmm. Yeah, no, they're getting money. They're getting that thing. No, that's what else they got going on there. The only thing I'm that's... Gonna, I'm going to make a political prediction, brother. Huh? The next two and a half years, if they continue what they're going, we're going to see fascism. All over again. Remember, remember, this is how Mussolini was doing shit in Italy. Italy listen to me now. I'm not bullshitting. Italy was under the guise of capitalism or some. Yeah, you can get, you can be a nigga from the bottom and come to the top, get money type shit. Because all you have to do is look, look at this. Why? Why is what culture so dominant in America? When I say what culture, I'm talking about why is Italian culture, gangster life is Italian culture. Why is that still so prevalent in America? Study, study, study Italy. First off, if we're talking about Guineas, we're talking about Romans. The biggest, the biggest lie Romans did was convince the world they was Italians. These are the same motherfucking big nose people. These eggplant eating motherfuckers, pasta noodle, Catholic motherfuckers can't stand when they couldn't turn against us. They turned out. The, okay, put it like this: the people that we have problems with are Catholics. The Catholics are the first people who instituted slavery in Spain. With the betrayal of the Moors. Who are that? prominent Catholics? The, the Puerto Ricans are Catholics. Am I right? Mm-hmm. The Puerto Ricans are Catholics. Some, some Cubans are Catholics. But Italians are Catholics. Wops are Italians. And Irish are, are, are fairly Catholics. Am I right? Irish mix. Yeah, I'm being racist as hell tonight. <laughs> Irish mix. Guineas. And sticks. Don't like niggas. And the Italian ain't nothing. And the motherfucking the Catholic ain't nothing but a Hellenized Jew. Remember the fucking a, a slick, a slick switch over. A switch artist. Quick ass switch artist. Y'all understand for the Dino thing, though, the, the, um, like I said, them motherfuckers is bankrupt. But they getting, they getting a lot of motherfucking uh, federal assistance money 
to do what the fuck they talking about, to do the drills. They getting a lot they was getting federal money all the time to do drills at that same exact spot. The place that they did the the place that folks that got shot up, make around the coincidence about the place they got shot up is that once uh, once a month, every month for almost a year, they've been doing that same drill right there. An active shooter drill. They've been coming in just like some shit like that is going to happen. Well, what's the coincidence that two Arabs who work at a place that they know the police is always doing a drill at, on exactly what they do, they go in there and do it? Now, peep this out. Peep this out. 2011, when I got out of CDC. CDC is on Waterman. CDC is the California Detention Center that housed feds. That's on Waterman Avenue. There's a police station and a courthouse. The Seminole Courthouse on D Street in in fifth. So what you saying to us, Mickey? What you saying to me is that 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 all of the police and everything is all this shit is sitting right there, right around this exact place. What I'm telling you is that what you just said. Yes, and this it's so fucked up in San Bernardino. Motherfuckers just trying to eat food the mouth out that motherfucker. So for the hear some shit like that to pop up in that town, that's real. But not only to pop off in the town where it popped off at and where he lived at. That area that he lived at is called Loma Linda. Go and feel the ground. Look up what I was talking about. That area a while back. Loma Linda is a fucking, uh, uh, uh. Not your witness. Mormon? Nope. Seventh-day Adventist. Yeah. Her name is White. It's on the tip of my tongue. I'm on this cush right now. It's on the tip of my tongue. Paula White? But they're Venice. Yeah, some of they're Venice. They got that fucking town in San... In, in, first off, they say... I, I ain't gonna even lie. Loma Linda saved my life. Because when I got stabbed in uh, 2002, I, I only got one lung, feel me? I got carjacked. And when I got carjacked, they was gonna send me to Arrowhead or Loma Linda. Loma Linda saved my motherfucking life. But... To show you how motherfucking they got that city locked on the religion with that fucking Seventh Day Adventist, the motherfucking mail run on Sundays, y'all. Yeah. Not on Saturdays. Yo, our mail run here on fucking Sunday, son. Just, listen yo. to me. Listen to me. The day Sabbath day is is on uh, Saturday. Feel me? So don't no mail come on Saturday. But they come on Sunday. Mm. Here. My motherfucking nephew was born at Loma Linda Medical. If you are a patient at Loma Linda Medical and you, they, they don't even serve meat, that's how much they follow the motherfucking tenants of Seventh day Adventists. The reason why they survive so much is because of their medical motherfucking program. And I ain't even gonna lie because when they when they when they when they when they received me at that motherfucker afterwards, it was like McRob, you'd have been two inches taller, two inches shorter, you wouldn't have made it. And we we uh you know, we cut off the last portion of the uh 
right lung and so forth. My my lung uh my lung the half part of my lung and my liver was hit. They were able to sew all that shit up. You see what I'm saying? Mm. It's good that it wasn't good, but it's yeah. good it was the right lung. You know what I'm saying? Now, well, my, you got three lobes. Yes, ma'am. Now, my pop, my, 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 my pops, a few shows back, I remember when he was the, the VA hospital was in Loma Linda. All Loma Linda hospital patients at the main facility got access to the VA hospital. So it's a coalition there. And, and a few shows back, I was like, damn, the only motherfucking industries I noticed that's making it right now, and I'm not even talking about my area, is medical and military. Y'all notice that? I sell bullets and I make guards. <laughs> that's the white, the crack is cold. Because when I went to the VA hospital down the street from the facility that saved my life, they ended up saving Pops when he had his stroke. That's the that's, that's that's the observation I made, feel me? So for him to come up and what everybody has at both facilities is poverty. So they're going to tell you now on the news that this nigga went to a little whatever. Little party got mad and came back with this Arab queen and shot the motherfucker up. And there was an Arab queen that was connected to ISIS. And in her last context, before she died, she connected to ISIS. All you have to know is that damn two motherfuckers outwitted a whole police force, a state force. Goddamn me, of uh, uh, the Department of in, the, me. Hey, Rue, if he was on my right like now, he knows the goddamn the Department of uh. Goddamn. Oh, What's the same uh, 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 acronym that they use against the uh, irritated genie that he was? Homeland Security. Homeland Security is on 3rd Street in San Bernardino. I still want to say, yo, listen, now you there. Like, that's in the past couple of days of this shit coming out. That's what, I've, that's what I learned, that all of that is there. The Homeland Security, ATS, motherfucking FBI, all of them, they do. All of that. Because CDC House fans. CDC House fans. And, and it's another thing I want niggas to know, too, for my street niggas who are out there. Nigga, if you're out there with a burner and you got more than five grams of anything, it's a fair charge. <laughs> Notice. San Bernardino is the most, is, is uh, in California, it's the city that does the most active drills in the city, in the, in the state of California. That city alone does the most active drills with police. That's why all of them there. They all coordinate all from all over California. They all come down to San Bernardino to come practice. Exactly what happened there. Okay. Okay. And and, and didn't they have a, a a SWAT drill that day before? They was having a drill the same time. Brother Bourne, you remember? You remember when we first linked up? When we was on Poverty Show. When you was um, when you when you um had that interview where you got on the mayor of your town about the motherfucker shooting, the shooting range. Yeah, yeah. Now, read this out. San Bernardino got the same issue off Highland, uh, two blocks from Del Rosa. Mm-hmm. It's a strength behind a bowling alley, but it's behind a high school. Same shit. That's why when, when I was hearing that shit, same shit, right? Now, 
Air Force, Morton Air Force Base in California was was was, was prevalent. And they shut that motherfucker down because they said it was uh, open after Pearl Harbor got hit, right? But until Pearl Harbor was open, functional. My whole point bringing it up is San Bernardino, San Antonio, Texas, other areas, these are military hubs. For an individual, let's use cracker observations. The cracker girls say, either you was too dumb to know about it or motherfucker you was in on it, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. That's what they're going to say, right? If if it's a, if 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 I got a bank and it's all black motherfuckers and we get robbed, I'm gonna say, you know, I don't know who did it. We gonna find out who did it. But either you was in on the shit, it was either in house, goddamn it, or it was or it wasn't right. Mm-hmm. When we look at the shit, everything about this San Bernardino incident and others sounds in house. Why would you say that? I have never heard. First off, you and you and where you at, brother boy? You and you in uh, Connecticut. Give me and you in New York. We got families in Texas, Ohio, goddamn me, Florida, Georgia, Texas, Tennessee, Arkansas, etc., etc., etc. Right. You hear the San Bernardino thing. First thing is, did you see any pictures of any victims? No. Yeah, I seen victims. I seen victims, man. Yeah, fake victims. Stretches? Oh, yeah. stretches? Yup. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see, I see stretches. <laughs> blood everywhere? I listen, no, no right? not blood everywhere. No, no. Come, here. Mean, come, here. Said, come here, come here, come here. Like blood, a little bit on the shirt, on one that yeah, I see. Bit of... Come here, come here, just come here. You ordering me? Come here. Now remember when back in the day, in the eighteen when you got shot, it was just a little mark on your shirt, right? <laughs> ever since then, every program on national stations they've been showing physical anthropology as as crime scenes. People getting shot in the chest, you know, CSUSI and all that, right? Mm-hmm. And that's fiction. But when they come to non-fiction, which is actual facts, they don't show that shit. But they'll show you more brain fragments exactly. on Channel 4, which is a national broadcasting channel that's supposed to be uh, 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 have an etiquette to uh, 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 viewer sensitivity, right? Mm-hmm. You don't see all of that. So when you when y'all you know y'all out y'all y'all out there y'all back east did y'all see any brain fragments did y'all see meaning meaning y'all saw the shooting in Hollywood right where the bank robbery in Hollywood I saw the same thing I saw in Sandy uh yellow tarp things on the ground with nobody on it red ones on the ground with nobody yeah. on it one bitch I seen on the stretch at first she was chilling sitting on the side on the curb. Do you see her talking on the cell phone? Do you see her, you know? Now, 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 I'm going to put this out there for the family. Make a rise a fucking felon. Make a, 
I will say this. I will say this. I'm 33 years old. My first from 2001 till now, every motherfucking traffic violation I have had has been in San Bernardino City. Remember, remember, remember I told you Brother Born that the judge of that city got famous because uh, uh, um, it was an area out there called Little Africa, and he, he initiated PC-1000 where niggas can get off by saying, oh, yeah, man, I need, you know, I got caught with 10 packs, man. Hey, man, I smoke. And all I got to take this little drug class. Remember I told you that? Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that about a long time ago because I, I took a drug class like that. We were talking about that. Because any any motherfucker could look at the archives and see that this was some shit because this right by the casino. What's important to know is that this particular judge I'm talking about, PC-1000, that was a cop-out plea. So when you copped out and you pleaded, the state won that motherfucking case. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Yeah, no, nah, that's, hey. that's how this shit was. Like, you cop out, right? The state won the case, but then later on, they, they are motherfucking, as long as, you, uh, as long as you go through the motherfucking program, they, they're still, they'll come back and dismiss the motherfucking case. But you got the cop yeah, out. Yeah, they got that out here. You got to cop out though, and if you if you fuck up, they gonna give you whatever time you copped out to. You cop out yeah. to five years is the shit, and the, and the only thing they do is you cop out and they just hold it. They just hold that shit until the end of your thing, where you know how you supposed to go get sentenced. They don't never get sentenced. Yeah, and make you go through the program, and if you if you right. do the program, correct, Larry Davis before they carry before they crack Larry Davis. And I'm only bringing this up because this ain't something that's just happening in one location. This happened in all your locations. Y'all noticing that they little projects y'all seeing that's supposed to be high in crime, high in uh, 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 drug activity. After they shut the project down or after they investigated, they opened up a school right by it. If you caught selling work by that school, you get drug enhancement charges. Y'all notice that? Mm-hmm. Now they give you the 1,500 feet. School's on 1,500 like feet. The judge in San Bernardino that brought down Little Africa. Now, Little Africa is the equivalent of probably 12 blocks. The European opened up three schools. There's only two projects. Now, now, y'all know this shit. This ain't this in California. It's probably in Baltimore, uh, 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 back east, all back east. If you caught selling work next to a school, there's an enhancement charge, right? Yeah, they give you that drug zone, fifteen hundred feet. Now, if it's fifteen, now, brother boy, I love this nigga right here. This is my nigga right here, brother boy. What if the fifteen hundred feet is three schools? No, and I get caught with, and I get caught with, and I get caught with a fifty pack. I'm done. Second time seven. I'm done, right? Yeah, now that's how they do you too. They catch you in between a couple different schools, son, and hit your ass like you was on all the motherfucking ground. 
unless I take this judge's little PC-1000 plea. You see what I'm saying? No, 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 no. I don't sell work. I smoke. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take these little drug classes, right? <laughs> now, the nigga, the judge, now he's the mayor of that town. Mm. He's been a year. He's been a mayor now two years, and then this shit happened. San Bernardino been a fair city lock because, nigga, Nigga, last time I got popped, that nigga Shane told me. He the one told me, since I'm telling you He said, make a rock. Nigga, we going through the little exchange unit. Nigga, I'm going to West Valley for court date. So we we, we in chains and bondage. You feel me? I'm like, my nigga Shane, what's good? My nigga was popping, what's good? No, my nigga, make a rock. Where you at? CDC. West Valley. He going. I'm like, nigga, I'm, I'm out here on Waterman and 3rd. He said, you at CDC? They only house feds there. I said, yeah. He said, hey, if they catch you with a burner and five grams, it's a fair charge. I said, what? The... Boom. I ain't seen them since. While this going on, while this going on, you know, we can talk. This shit already happened. And it, you need a black perspective anyway. This one, Nickerson Garden is going through the same type of shit right now. Nickerson Garden is a project. Like how y'all got Warner projects back in the East Coast and shit like that. And Taft houses and shit like that. We got projects too in California. Nickerson houses. Shit like that. They're doing this, the new little uh, uh, gentrification where we'll send you to the valley. Mm-hmm. And when you go to the valley, they really want to shut the project down. Mm-hmm. The project got housing facilities, townhouse facilities, and housing facilities. It's really a, a, a nation within a nation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the, yeah, 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 I understand what you're saying. You remember uh, what was the big project? What was the big project in Chicago? With the good times, what was that project called? The good times. Oh man, what the fuck is up there? Uh, Bikini Green. Cabrini Green, yeah. Cabrini Green. Yeah, Cabrini Green in Chicago. You had the Nickerson Gardens and Watts. Mhm. You see what I'm saying? It's funny because I've never been to Harlem. But one of my cousins married my 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 mom's first cousin from Long Beach, and he's from Harlem. Tony, he passed away and so forth. So I was kind of raised by a Harlem nigga, you know what I'm saying? But I've noticed this going up. Harlem niggas and watch niggas got a lot in common. <laughs> so let, me, let me ask you a question real quick, my girl. All right, the niggas and projects, them, them projects is like, they like two floors, right? They not no, they like two floor part, um, projects, right? Okay, notice, notice was born in California. We got earthquakes. So we don't have, we can't build our buildings upward like y'all do back east, right? Yeah. That now, makes sense. One thing that is, but, 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 understand this. So you ever been to Wagner Projects? 
Yeah. New York? No, I ain't never been to Wagner Project. The beat the Queens Bridge? I don't know what Queens Bridge looks like. Okay. You've been, you bet you've been, okay, you've been to Harlem, right? You've been on St. Nick, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. We have to build all of our projects like that because we can't build them up. Yeah, no, that's all I'm saying. They, they like so y'all projects like Saint Nick and all of that. That will be like our normal shit because we couldn't build them up. So our prisons ran the same way. You understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah, no, I was asking a question, right? Because out here in let's now, let's listen, listen, listen now. When you when you if, okay, if you was to go to Rock, Rikers Island, the difference between Rikers Island and I'm going to keep it basic. The Los Angeles County Jail is <laughs> because Rikers Island house was some of the, what, the wildest niggas in the five boroughs, right? Quint Towers in L.A. house some of the wildest niggas in L.A. County. Imagine if, imagine if the five boroughs function as one county. Not because of <clears throat> yeah, I see what you're saying. Only because we came because we got earthquakes. When you understand that, that's why blood and Crippen was so successful in New York. When Game went to New York, he had blood. He from Cedar Park. He said, "I love New York, but gang banging that's LA shit." Gang banging for New York only bred more division. Y'all didn't need it because y'all already had divisions because y'all had to deal with all these ethnic groups, Dominicans, Italians, Morenos, you know what I mean? But it made it more simpler, but it made it more complex because the way the project functioned in New York was the same way the pen functioned in California. Only because the penitentiaries can't be built up because we, we got earthquakes. You see what I'm saying? And another difference. In California, Mexicans identify with being Spaniards. Why? As in New York. Even though they spoke Spaniards, even if they were Puerto Ricans or Morenos, they, Morenos, they were still identified with being uh, ethnic. You see the point I'm making? Meaning... Puerto Rican would still call you nigger, right? Yeah, Caribbean. The Puerto Ricans be like they from the Caribbean, so they, you know what I'm saying? Well, I understand what you're saying. Like Mexicans uh, uh, hold to the dish. And California Mexicans don't fuck with niggers because the Mexicans plead Aryan nations by yeah. saying they're Spaniards, so they makes them whites. See, yeah. Puerto Ricans will, will argue they Spaniard shit before they would say they niggers. You know what I'm saying? For California, there's two movies you need to watch to show you California culture. That's American Me and Blood In, Blood Out. Is Brother Little online? Yeah, Brother Little, Brother Little out there. Yeah, yeah. Brother Little. Brother Little. Miklo was half white, half Spaniard, right? <laughs> yeah, Miklo. Miklo was half white, half Spaniard. 
He had a shaved head. He brought that being bald headed, being tattooed, and being with brown pride. You see what I'm saying? Yep. yep. You look at it. When you look at it, black power all day long, first, second, and third. Brown pride? Sound like a little branch off. Look at the brown berets. The brown berets split off because Mexicans was having the same problems we was having in L.A. with the, with the educational system. And whenever the wannabes want to reform something, they mock the originals. So they mocked, they were trying to have a branch of the Black Panthers, so what they had was the Black Berets. I mean, the brown, my bad, the brown Berets of L.A. County. You hear me, Bro Little? The brown Berets of L.A. County existed before brown pride. You see what I'm saying? How you going to be brown pride with Aztec tattoos and a bald head? I thought it was disrespectful for a Native American to cut their hair off. So that means that Mexicans in California suffer from more self-hate than black folks. Because here it is, they have a, a, I'm an anthropologist. They got a strong history of Native American history in California and Aztec history, but they shaved their hairs. They shaved their heads. And there's two American movies that support that culture. American Me, Blood In, Blood Out. And in both those movies, they were infiltrated by half white, half Spaniard. Niccolo. A. Holmes, he has his he has his mother's heart and his father's his father's greed. <laughs> I've seen the same shit, but at least Puerto Ricans will identify with they know they ain't white, right? Yeah, you got some that definitely identify with being African, you know. Spanish Harlem. I used back in the day. I used to hang out out there, 116th and First Ave. You got Dominicans around over there, that, you know, on a certain level. Yeah, let's not get it twisted. Yeah, on a certain level. Now it's funny because at the at the plantation, and this which my hours up, and I'm in California, so I got to deal with these wannabes. But it's a brother named Matthew. He's a Puerto Rican. He used to stay in New York. He gravitated to make rock. What's going on, Matthew? What's going on? He don't fuck with these Mexicans over here, right? He would more or less say he half Moreno, which is a, a Moreno, some these morals won't deal with, and that's why I'm in the rat. And I ain't heard no more. Other than only person I heard deal with Moorish history and bring up Moreno was Booker T. Washington, uh, Top of Canada. Now, his background, some people may call it a question, but at least he dealt with it. And he, 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 he you know, I don't know if y'all remember, and Brother Riddle may correct me. Uh, who did, who did, uh, who was the Puerto Rican? Both of them lost the, both of them lost the Floyd Mayweather, but they had a fight recently. Uh, what, what is it? Canelo. Canelo. And who? Canelo. Hold Hold on. the Puerto Rican. Now, Matthew was like, Mikula, 
Cordo gonna win because he's mucho suave. I start busting up laughing, right? Like, mucho suave, what the fuck is Mucho suave, very smooth, right? <laughs> now, Cordo lost that fight, but this was a fight that would, was judged by scorecards. Mm-hmm. But his position in that, I'm, now, I'm in California, so Mexican right to use the word negro. So I have to make sure I have to check these motherfuckers 24-7, even when I'm at the grocery store, because they do, you know, me no, Afri- me no negro, me africano. So when they know you know that, they watch how they talk. So even the Puerto Rican will notice that. The Puerto Rican was the Puerto Rican may have beef with the African and, and so forth and may argue his Spanish nature, but he will never argue what he is. If you ask the Puerto Rican who uh, Spaniard and Moreno or Africano or Negro, you, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So the contention is never their whiteness. Only in California. And California is very far from Europe. Y'all would agree, right? Oh, yeah. Mexico and California will argue they motherfucking Europe. Because <laughs> they Spanish, man. It's Spain, it's Spanish, me, I'm from Spain. I'm Spain, and I'm white. I'm skin. Laws ain't short with the big head. they like, fuck that, I'm from Spain. Now, right now, they're moving. Right now, Dr. Clark says some shit right now. The biggest concentration of Latinos used to be in Detroit, where said he from. The connection between that is cars. Cars need oil. Oil comes from Arabia. Not all oil, but oil that can be bought cheap because the African the African who know about slavery going to want a little more for his oil, right? So we go, that's why I don't even, I don't even bash our brothers in Nigeria, our, our brothers who know what they got, you know what I'm saying? The only one who, who going who to bargain with the European with their resources a little better is the Arab. So it's easier, it's easier to destabilize Libya than it is to, uh, Negotiate with Nigeria, for example. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They can't destabilize Nigeria. There's too many Africans there. What they can have is in Nigeria. I'm focusing because it's my, you know, my mother's roots and so forth. It's been about six goddamn oil spills in Nigeria by each from Shell, Exxon, Mobil. I wrote a paper on this shit when I was in college. You know what I'm saying? And even though the region, even though Nigeria has suffered oil spills from all the major oil companies, they still stand it. So one characteristic of the, the, the African is endurance, the ability to endure. You, you can endure and your charismatics. Come here. Can we can we can we go can we define endurance or endure and charismatic for family? Uh which order would you like that in? Uh 
any order the queen sees fit. All right, well, I guess we'll start with Endure, and then we'll go back to um, Chasmatic. Okay, Endure. First definition is um, to hold out against, sustain, or undergo without impairment, or yielding. Second definition is to bear without resistance or with patience, tolerance. Third definition, to admit of, allow, here. Fourth definition, continue to exist, last. And fifth definition, to support adverse force, or influence of any kind. Suffer without yielding. Suffer patiently. And uh, you know, synonym is to stand, suffer, brook, bear. Then uh, charismatic, first definition, again, uh, theology, a divinely conferred gift or power. Second, the special quality that gives an individual influence or authority over large numbers of people. Third, the special virtue, virtue of an office, position, etc., that confers or is thought to confer on the person holding holding it, an unusual ability of leadership, worthiness, of veneration, or the like. Act power. Now, Sister Camille, don't you find it interesting that both those terms embody the philosophy of being red, black, and green and being pan-African in regards to standing firm being diligent, enduring certain attributes, but also being uh, charismatic and leading others. You see, it's all there for us. Black power. Black power. That's very astute of you, Brother Minkara. When the juices is flowing, <clears throat> now these are titles given to us by foreigners and enemies. Enemies of foreigners who just learn how to read. Enemies of foreigners who just learn the context of understanding human emotion. You, you see, point I make I say, and you know what's ill, um, 
the word that it's it's derived from, you know, some etymology is um, "indu," right? And the first definition for that is to invest or endow with some gift, quality, or faculty. Now, that's important because what is the Latin word for Sunday? Anybody know? No, not at the top. Mm -mm. It's Latin for my name, actually. That's why that's why I remember it. Because remember Nigeria. Nigeria got a strong English context, right? So other than Igbo. My life, okay, for example, my mother's name is Janet Ibokwe, right? Who can remember one of the most tyrant dictators of Liberia? What was his name? Anybody? Know? <laughs> Hold on. Who did you say the champ? What? The most the general butt naked. What was his last name? Damn. Oh shit, Nicaragua. Ah, uh, fucking Taylor. Taylor, yeah. I say, yeah, Charles Taylor. <laughs> Yeah, Charles Taylor. Oh, I'm saying Robert. Charles, yeah, Charles Taylor, yeah. That's what me and brother, that's what me and brother, little got in common. My, my name, Minkawa, Iwokwe, translated English as Dominic Taylor. Say <laughs> <laughs> that again, brother, Minkawa? Dominic Taylor. Wow. When you look at Minkawa, Minkara, Minkara. My mother's name is Janet Ibokwe, right? Jeanette, 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 Ibokwe. So when I went to school, my middle name is Minkari. So they would say, Dominic Taylor. Dominic, Dominic Taylor, Dominic, Dominic. Minkara. Minkari. When you look at when you look at the Latin definition of Dominic, being Dominic Dominican, that shit mean of our Lord. You see what I'm saying? Mhm. Yeah, like ominous Dominic, because Dominic is our Lord. Sunday is what? So what is Sunday yeah. in Spanish? It's day solus. No, what is it? How do you say Sunday in Spanish? What's that? This, this, oh, Many souls, S-O-L. Hello? Desolé? The mini-girl. Yeah. So what's Saturday? Let me see what's
for Lunas, something like that. Saturday and Sunday. Oh. I only caught on to this because even when we have overtime, the little, little house status, they would say, oh, no, 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 me, can I, no, no trabajo on Dominico. No trabajo Dominico. No trabajo means work. You know what I mean? Trabajo, trabajo, mini, Domingo, Domingo was Sunday, feel me? Mm-hmm. Sunday is, Domingo is Spanish for Sunday, solar, feel me? Mm-hmm. And the first one of the first anthropological class I took was a book I have I still have this to this day. It's called The Devil in the Mirror. And this the Dominican Republic shares an island with Haiti. Y'all know that, right? Ashe. But the Haitians are given a totally different title in history simply due to their historical relationship with their conquerors. You see what I'm saying? When Dr. Clark made that speech, when he said that all nations, and that, you know, that fell under British imperialism served as reservations. Tourist capital. You see what I'm saying? So, on one hand, when you read the devils in the mirror, you will see that the Haitians would fake, you know, basically they would create documentation so that they could pass as being Dominican so that they can work in the Dominican Republic. Sound like racism right now in America, don't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that, yeah, that's what that's how I say go to. That shit is still real right now. You you can't if you Haitian, you can't get a driver's license in the Dominican Republic. See, you both can't live if you dark skin with woolly hair. So, knowing that we know history, and I can come with my FOGs on FOG be on the ground. That's that's a that's what Amos Wilson was saying when he when he regarded us having a psychological historical context certain because there's a reason why we choose not to want to fucking learn Spanish. You see what I'm saying? Because we've been betrayed by them already. In Chicago, they got issues. Latin Kings. California, we got issues with these motherfucking Paisas and these Southsiders. And New York, they got issues with the Latin King and these Puerto Ricans. See what I'm saying? That's the same problem here. We got problems with Puerto Ricans, like the motherfucking Latin Kings and the Etas. And the Etas, yep. And where I'm at, they got the M13, you know, yeah. the Salvadorians and them motherfuckers too. 
Yeah, we got them. Yeah, we got a message thread say up here too. And the OEAs, all the motherfuckers. Yeah, we got some MS 13s here from South Man South MS 13s, they made Mexicans. They are Salvadorians. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They they from South. They from further south. You know how you get them? Same way you get Arabs. Morenos. More, uh, no, no, no. Morenos is males. Morenos. They like black uh, females. Uh, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> Brother McRae, do they have the uh, ear fighting with the, within each other out there as far as the, uh, the Mexicans that's uh, actually from Mexico against the Mexicans that's USA born? Oh, yes, sir, Brother Tim. It's the same shit that you got going on in Texas. Uh, Yeah. You got two things going on, on, brother. You got the Mexican-Americans versus the American-Mexican. The Mexican-American is like the African in America. Their job is to get money in America, go home, take care of family. The Mexican-American is the Mexican who was born in America and wants to be white. They have tattoos and skinheads. And using my psychology, I've been able to deal with the motherfuckers because my little time, you know, in in the uh, prison system and so forth, you know, they like to they like to have bald heads, white skin, and Aztec tattoos. Well, nigga, I'm an anthropologist, and it was disrespectful and dishonorable for a Native American to cut their hair off. Nigga, you cutting your own hair off? Nigga, you suffering from self hate more than black people? See what I'm saying? Yep. So when we talk about self-hate among African-Americans, we have to know that self-hate is also among a lot of these Latin motherfuckers, i.e. Mexican. Because the word Mexican is derivative from the word mixtizo, which means mixed people. And the first president of Mexico was a black man. Half-breed and the history of Mexico after Cinco de Mayo, the Mexican Republic outlawed slavery before America did. Yeah. And then you could rob a bank and get away by running to Mexico, or you could run from a motherfucking cracker and become free by running to Mexico because they outlawed slavery before the European did. And that's why when you understand that, that, to this day, there's an issue of border relationships between Mexico. Because a hundred years ago, if you was a slave, you could run to Mexico and get a safe haven. So a hundred years now, America reversed the role. People have to pay. They don't have to pay to come over here. Why? Because a hundred years ago, y'all was coming. We was going down there for free. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So history is best qualified to reward those 
who done their motherfucking research in that area. So that's why you got a border problem in Arizona. Or that's why you got a border problem in Mexico. You see what I'm saying? Because America was, was, that made America look bad. Because after Cinco de Mayo, America had a constitution in place before America did. Black power. Black power, man. Yeah, I, I know I hear, man, you know what I'm saying? The Mexicans, man, they, shit, they, you know what I'm saying? They had each other tough when it comes to that, you know what I'm saying? But you got the, uh, you got the Mexican mafia niggas out here. They got the guy that, well, they really like South Texas, like San Antonio. But then, like, we get a penitentiary shit, you know what I'm saying? You got the, uh, the Tango Blast niggas, right? And these niggas is, uh, is Texas Mexican. You see what I'm saying? They, they, they American, like you were saying, they, they, uh, Americanized Mexicans. You know what I'm saying? Well, they, 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 I know, I know exactly, hey, bro, hey, man, I know exactly what you're going through, man. Uh, I'm in California now. My brother's in San Antonio. I'm going to be in San Antonio, say, man, this time next year. You hear me? Yeah. California is going to fall economically. Now, why would I say that? What's the relationship between California and Texas? God damn me. Texas is the biggest state in America, and the second biggest state after that is California. The difference between California and Texas, but tell where you at, is that Texas, goddamn me, is self-sufficient. Yeah, they, they, they call that motherfucker the Lone Star for nothing. Yeah, that's yeah. what I love. The brothers, the Lone Star, RBD. When you were telling me you was out there, it's because Texas is self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. Texas is the lone star because it's the only state excluded from the Constitution because it can do for self. Yeah. The motherfuckers got embassies. So so Texas got they, oil embassies in other countries. Texas. Brother boy, brother boy, when you go to Texas, when you go to Texas, brother boy, everything is Texas style. No, so, I know. I, I used to live in Texas. I used to live here. I used to live in Arlington and live out there in motherfucking Grand Prairie. Oh, already. Yeah, so, you know what I'm saying? I know, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I mean, I, I split the Mexicans up into two classes, the little big head ones and, and the tall white-looking ones. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Not the little big heads and the tall white-looking ones. Hey, I'll say this, man. There's a reason why on the West, if if LA don't win the championship, San Antonio do. And the connection yeah, I got yeah. is the connection I got is I got kid folk in both parts of town. You understand me? And another thing a nigga don't know about San Antonio is that that's a military town. Yeah. And you know another one that you were speaking on that earlier, uh, brother Big Rod, man. Uh, you made me think about goddamn Colleen, Texas, bro. 
Lee, Texas, one of the biggest military towns you know, in the United States, and that's where they had them. They done had, I think, two big ass, two two supposedly, uh, you know, what I'm saying terrorist shooters up there. Yeah, hey, Colleen, yeah, you're right about that too. Yeah, yeah, man, there better be terrorist shootings there. <laughs> I'm talking real shit, man. Cause you remember this, man. Remember this, here, man. Hitler said this. Do y'all know when the Jews was getting killed? The Jews was basically on the verge of integrating with German society before they motherfuckers start getting sent to the gas chamber. Y'all know that? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it wasn't until, it wasn't you know, it's going to look real good to y'all when these folks start sending motherfuckers to them gas chambers. You hear me? Man. It's going to look tempting. It's going to look so tempting, man, you're going gonna to buy tickets to go. Say, man, hey, I go to the gas chamber on Thursday, man. For real? Hell yeah, man. I'll be <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's going that's why I got when, when Hitler was coming into power wasn't wasn't no situation man say where it was uh, 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 how can I put it ain't no possibility that German that, that the uh, 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 Nazism was coming to no that wasn't far fetched because that's how far white supremacy spread back then <clears throat> And see, one thing you got to understand about supremacy is that the cracker German Jew didn't have no problem with sacrificing half his, with sacrificing his younger generation to make sure that the older generation survived the peace that bullshit. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, the motherfuckers ain't had no problem with goddamn manipulating the media to make us believe it either. The motherfuckers is just like this goddamn German. I say. What's important to know about that is that that is the complete opposite of African society. Because the African, any African society, if they fail to produce what was expected of them as a generation, they call it like they saw it. Mm-hmm. These motherfuckers will recreate a story. They'll burn the right tag. You know what I'm saying? That's just what they do. These motherfuckers create the goddamn situation in order for them to get something else. Masters of motherfucking, masters of manipulation. These motherfuckers is masters of manipulation. That's why media is so fucking dangerous. That's why it's important for me to be in San Diego, California. Look at this shit right here, man. You can't tell me that these crackers ain't listening to us. Every F-O-G refugee on this line got some history with this cracker. They just flooded out Brother Carlos' town, didn't it? <laughs> now they fucking with San Bernardino. God damn me. Fred, uh, 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 the, the, the revolution started with Sister Camille, right? Out there in, out there in Harlem, New York. Spread to Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Creep down south. 
and worked its way out west, right? Man. Shay. Yo, you saying that shit, man. Y'all, listen, right? Every once in a while over here, man, you hear this motherfucking loud-ass siren, siren go off, right? And then over at the college, they got a motherfucking warning go off. Now, the college is a, it's, it's a little while. It's a little bit away. It ain't that close to it. But they got a loud-ass motherfucking siren go off and a loudspeaker warning they go This is a test. This is an emergency system. Uh, just in case this is where we'll give you um, whatever instructions, woo, 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 woo. this is only a test. And just be making mad noise, right? And I'm saying to myself, I said, damn, son, you know, I never heard this before. But the one thing I know about these motherfuckers is they'll set you up like that. You'll start hearing that shit just so you can be ready, for some, just so they can have you prepared for some other shit to happen. I, this why. Right, schedules are switched up. We got family members, you know. We all leaders in our own right. So, slaughterhouse Saturday gonna be the mode where you find make rock. But in the meantime, y'all gonna be still rocking Tuesdays and Thursdays, right? This was your, this was this was what I need to keep in mind right now when it comes to that shit. The Rothschild said that they don't give a fuck who. They don't care who's picking the laws or running the laws as long as they control the money. <laughs> you heard, you, that's my nigga right there. That's why he left. <laughs> you heard this. You already know where I'm going with it, brother. We talked about this shit last year, didn't it? Oh, man. Go ahead. Come on. So, they don't care. See, we don't improvise, and we're going to change, and we're going to adapt. See, Africans are the visual purpose of adaptation. This is something that the Amara squad will not tell y'all. The only species that has to evolve is a species that could not keep up with the current things of life. Y'all agree? Mm. Mm-hmm. And that's the European, right? Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the, the, the European Irishman. Because you can be white and you can be Irish, but you couldn't be both in the 60s, in the 1800s, in the 1860s. Sister Camille said, I think the other night she was referring to it, that we see in a redistribution of the, uh, of the Reconstruction era. See, every century that comes to being under white supremacy, in essence, is a reconstruction period. And I yield my time to the next African on the brain. Black power. <laughs> black power, black power. Hmm. Well, listen, family, I'm going to tell you this right now, is that my line is going dead and my charger is not working. And I don't know what's going to go on in the next couple minutes, but I know that my dream is going to die out. And you living in a moment, right? I found. I know that. <laughs> and, and per that happening, no, per that happening, if the dream go out, I won't, I won't be able to uh, end the show because my line will be 
You say, brother, boy, my phone is buzzing and my and my phone won't charge. I'm like, God damn, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck's wrong with it. I got the worst luck with charges. I don't know if it's the phone or the goddamn charger. It's one or the other. Something's wrong. I can't figure it out right now. I just know it won't charge up. Yeah. I know that, though. That's the one thing that I do know is it won't charge up. So that's a burden right now at this point in time. But at um. You know, given given this honor to uh, Fred Hampton, you know what I mean, Mark Clark, you know, the two brothers assassinated, you know, for the chairman being the uh, number one victim, you know, um, just want to give our respect to the family, you know what I'm saying? And uh, let's move on in the spirit and let's not remember his name unless we want to put him to action. You know what I'm saying? As the brother said, don't speak his name, don't remember his name, let's do here to put into action for the people. But with that with that being said, I wanted I wanted because I, I didn't want to make sure that the phone didn't die. I wanted to put that in this other piece by Fred Hampton before we jumped off. That's why that's why I said that. If anywhere I want to be, man, you know, I would not want to be anywhere to be seen on the ground, along my FUGs and FOGs, you know what I'm saying? Honest conversation that's going to take place regarding the state of the African race, you know what I mean? Black Black House. Black House. Black House. Black House.
drag them out. Let's see if our brothers are free. Yeah, black power to that. Well, we got three, so the crackers bought it. They bought everywhere. All right. Oh yeah. We need to. We need to understand that even our enemy knows that he has to invest profitably in making sure that we don't have a charismatic leader give us the right instructions to give us the right message. Being said, though, you know, we we like to uh, thank everybody for coming out tonight. To see how all out there. And we, you know, we want to give our praises to the big homie Fred Hampton. Your spirit lives on. That being said, though, we want to go out like we come in. That's for the praise that turn. Glory to God. Long live the spirit of Dr. Khaled Abdul Muhammad. Praise Harry Tubman. Glory to I.G. Wells. Long live the spirit of Sister Fanny Hohama. Even Foley, 